You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, May 8th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. And yes, do not adjust your clocks. If you are watching us live, we are coming at you one hour earlier than usual. Usually it's at 1 p.m. Eastern that we emanate from our beautiful New York City studio. It is currently 12 p.m. Eastern, and so there wasn't any changing of the clocks or anything crazy going on like that. There is a very good reason for this earlier-than-usual start. You're not getting less show, and if you're listening to this after the fact or watching this after the fact, all this is pretty useless to you, although you're probably going to get the VOD version an hour earlier, so everyone wins. Everyone eats, as they like to say. And no, there is no truth to the rumor that we are coming at you an hour earlier than usual because there is a gigantic, massive mammoth Nottingham Forest match against Southampton at the city ground beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's pretty much do or die for our beloved Reds. Uh, There's no truth to that rumor, although it did work out rather nicely in our favor. No, the reason uh, we're going an hour earlier than usual this particular Monday and only this particular Monday is because I have a plane to catch. I'm going to Dallas uh, later on today to host the Nathan Diaz-Jake Paul press conference, which goes down tomorrow, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central Time uh, for the good folks over at DAZN and uh, very excited to do that once again. And so, you know, they saw Chael do it. For the Anderson fight, they saw some other people do it for the time, and they're like, let's get back. Let's get back to the Hilwani business. You know what I mean? It's just a command of the room. It's command of the dais. And so we'll be doing that, and that's why we had to go 
an hour earlier than usual. But let me tell you, my friends, super duper stacked post pay-per-view Monday here on the program. And as always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are not only the official sports betting partner of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, more importantly, they're the official sports betting partner of this program. So please download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And if you're a first-time user, if those still exist, put in the code the MMA Hour, and they'll hook you up. Also, thank you very much to Squarespace and to HelloFresh for being a part of the family. Today, I'll tell you more about them later in the show. Later in the show, we'll recap the week that was as far as betting is concerned. The Parlay Boys are back. Cue the uh, the meme with the guy from... Is that what? What is that show? That's um, the Wire. That's the Wire, right? Yeah, yeah. Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. Shout out. Is that the one who said, "Come at the King, best not miss"? No, that's Omar. Perfect. Uh, and you well, did anyway. say the part like boys, right? I said boys. Yeah. So you and I are in agreement. Connor thinks that we're waiting to call us the boys. We, we've been we've been called the boys by the great Juliana Pena. I just I, know, I, I thought we made an agreement with her. You know, when we put her in the parlay pals, when she won, it would officially become the parlay boys. Well, when, um, now she's um, not fighting. So what are we doing? I think we're boys. That's what I was wondering. I we're feel like boys. we're boys. Listen, if someone's going to if someone's going to shout us out and and get fifty percent of the name right, we go with the other fifty percent. All right. Yeah, you know, I can agree with that. But yeah, I guess anybody can just walk in here. It felt like validation. It felt like coronation. Yeah. It did. Best day of my life. Yeah. So <laughs> boys to me, um, and perhaps to you, it's boys to men. <laughs> Anyway, um, we'll recap. We'll talk about some other stuff. Uh, Prior to that, we're going to be joined by the reigning, defending UFC bantamweight champion. You may have heard of him, Aljamain Sterling, the funk master, the man who defeated Henry Cejudo on Saturday. In a thrilling affair, it was oh so close, a split decision. Want to talk, obviously, about that in the uh, first block of the show. By the way, in case you're wondering, that's now 14... Bantamweight wins for Aljamain Sterling, who entered the UFC in 2014. That's the longest winning streak in Bantamweight history, nine in a row. And yes, you could bring up the Piotr Jan situation, but guess what? He didn't do it. Not his fault. Most consecutive title defenses in UFC Bantamweight history, more than Dominic Cruz, more than TJ Dillashaw. Three, kind of like in the heavyweight division where it's hard to keep that belt. And so Aljamain Sterling is rolling. Big win for him. We'll talk to him about that victory at around 235. At around 215, we're going to be joined by Matt Frivola, the steamroller with the massive steamrolling-esque win over one Drew Dober, who had not been stopped since, I believe, 2011. He stopped them in very impressive fashion and afterwards once again called out Patty Pimblett. We'll also talk to Yan Shaonan, who had another massive win, a stoppage win, dare I say the most impressive main card performance of the night, considering who she did it against, Jessica Andrade, and perhaps that was enough to stamp her ticket to the big Zhang Weili fight, maybe even in China. Chinese-born fighter versus Chinese-born fighter competing in China for a UFC title, and it's not a gimmick title fight? That's big biz right there. Uh, Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Demetrius Johnson. He had the big win on Friday. It was a huge weekend in combat sports. I mean, golly, between one on Friday, uh, there was a Ryzen event, there was a Cage Warriors event, 
There was Canelo Alvarez on Saturday. There was, uh, and he had a big win over John Ryder, uh, UFC 288. And then, as I said to you all last week, who was the star of the weekend? Bad freaking Bunny was the star of the weekend. I mean, did you guys see that walkout? One of the all-time great walkouts slash entrances, entrance musics slash crowd pops of all time. Him walking out in Puerto Rico against Damian Priest. Jambea. Huh? I listened to that song over and over again, though. I, like, watched the video over and over again. It was tremendous. What a pop. So... Uh, what a weekend it was. We don't have Bad Bunny on the show, sorry to say. But we do have Demetrius Johnson, who had the win on Friday. First one championship card in America, and it was an entertaining affair. I enjoyed it. A little something for everyone. Berto Soldich losing. How about that? Shocker. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Dominic Cruz. Get his uh, State of the Union address, or at least his view on the bantamweight division. Also talk about what's next for him. And prior to that, we'll be joined by this guy named Sugar Sean O'Malley. You may have heard of him. He's the number one contender. Is he fighting Aljo in Boston August 19th? The whole Marab thing with the jacket afterwards. I mean, what a scene it was at the Prudential Center. And so let's start with a little uh, Aljo talk. Uh, he wins via split decision. I can't believe that he won via split decision only because Derek Cleary scored the fifth round in his favor. And that was probably the easiest round to score. For Henry Cejudo. How did this happen? Michael Bell had it 10-9 Sterling, 10-9 Cejudo, 10-9 Cejudo, 10-9 Sterling, 10-9 Cejudo. Derek Cleary, 10-9 Sterling, 10-9 Cejudo, 10-9 Cejudo, 10-9 Sterling, 10-9 Sterling. That's the weird one. Air Cologne, who I agreed with, 10-9 Sterling, 10-9 Sterling, agree with that. 10-9 Cejudo, agree with that. 10-9 Sterling, 10-9 Cejudo in the fifth. That's what I agree with. And, you know, one of the big takeaways for me was it seemed like everyone who watched the fight live at the Rock, at the Prudential Center, which I didn't, seemed to have scored it for Cejudo, or at least most people. I saw Dana scored it for Aljamain, but it seemed like all the people that I saw that were there, media, fighters, pundits, whatever, seemed to favor Cejudo watching it live, but everyone who was watching it at home seemed to score it for Aljo. My opinion, I scored it 3-2 Aljo, 1-2-4 for the Funk Master, 3-5 and five for Cejudo. Very close rounds, by the way. Uh, I believe 2 was a close one. Um, I don't think 1 and 3 were. 5 wasn't. 4 a little bit. But in the end, I think the right guy won. And as I just said earlier, massive win for him. Is this the fight that gets him respect? Is this the fight that gets him this, that gets him that? Who the hell knows? Sometimes we see guys get respect later in their careers, i.e. Demetrius Johnson, who we're talking to later. Sometimes they don't connect. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. And sometimes when you preach too much about respect, which I'm not saying he does, because even in the post-fight presser, he wasn't really harping on it. He seemed very content and happy with where he's at. Sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. There's a whole host of reasons as to why. And by the way, sometimes when you don't have that dance partner, it doesn't elevate you. And now he's got that dance partner who's very, very popular in Sean O'Malley. This is going to be a big fight notoriety-wise and business-wise. And if he can beat Sean O'Malley and especially do so in impressive fashion, that to me says it all. But to consider the fact that this guy has now won nine fights in a row and they all came after he was brutally knocked out by Marlon Moraes, that, to me, is what makes this most impressive. He, he, he was knocked out in 67 seconds by Marlon Rice. 67 seconds. A vicious, vicious kick to the head. 
and he was out for a while. Remember that fight? That was, I mean, a long time ago now, December of 2017. We're approaching six years since that. He hasn't lost since, but I remember him on the mat. And I remember the talk going in to you know the early days of his UFC career. It was all that Aljo doesn't like to get hit. Aljo doesn't like to get hit. And what happens if he gets knocked out? Remember that? Back in 14, 15, 16, he's too pretty. He doesn't like to get hit. He doesn't like the confrontation. Then he gets brutally knocked out, and it was like a Louisville slugger to his head. He was out for a while. And then the talk afterwards was, he'll never be the same. He got hit. He got his lights you know, turned off. That's it. And what has he done since then? He beat... Brett Johns, he beat Cody Stamen, he beat Jimmy Rivera, he beat Pedro Munoz, he beat Corey Sanhagen. Peter Jan fight, beats Peter Jan, decisively in my opinion, beats TJ Dillashaw, beats Henry Cejudo. There's not a bum, there's not a cupcake, there's not a, there's, there's not a walk in the park among that entire list of names that I just mentioned. And so if, if, if this isn't enough, if it isn't enough to beat Henry Cejudo... If it isn't enough to defend the title three times, it may never be enough. And even if you take the Jan fight out, the first one, what about what he did in the second one? And think about the pressure that he was under and the neck surgery and coming back from all of that. Just think about all this stuff. Uh, this guy has arrived. He has arrived a long time ago. He's certainly worthy of all the praise and accolades and, 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 and love and respect that he hopefully is getting. And if not, it's just one of those things. But on this show, and, uh, you know, I think in most MMA smart fan pundit circles, uh, I think he is getting that respect. To me, he's, I think, top six pound for pound. Like, there's no denying. And he beats O'Malley. And then if he considers going up to 145, there's no denying. Let's talk to the guys a little bit more about this because I want to talk about um, the in-arena reaction versus the home reaction. New York, Rick, you were there. Are yep. you one of those people that scored it? Because it seemed to me watching like the, the the tweets and reading everything, it seemed like a lot of people were there thought Cejudo won, and a lot of people who were at home or watching on TV thought Aljo won. How did you score yeah. it? Uh, there was definitely a it's a, a contrast between the two. It felt like in the arena people were seeing closer rounds for Henry, closer fight. I, I, many people I was sitting next to thought maybe 2-2 heading into the fifth. Um, whereas online, I saw a lot of 3-1 Aljo, four, even 4-0 on certain cards for Aljo heading into the fifth. Um, I personally scored it 3-2 uh, to two for Aljo. I had round one, three, and four for okay, so, Aljamain Sterling. Oh, one, three, and four. Interesting. Yeah. Two for Henry and five for Henry. Okay, so that's uh, I think that's different I than think, the other scorecards, too. I think two and three were the closest rounds. I think th- those are probably the ones that were toughest to score. I think one, Aljo did wait, you know, enough at the end to kind of come on. Um, I think four, uh, Henry didn't have much, and it was kind of a, a close one, but it seemed like Aljo did the busiest work. And then five was clearly for Henry. So I think, t- for me, two to three were the swings. Um, and I had three for Aljo, two for Henry. How'd you score at GC? Live watching it, I had one, two, and four for Aljo, and three and five for Cejudo. Okay. But man, it was incredibly close. It's interesting that you say that because our friend TST, who was also yep. at the arena, claimed that Cejudo won, right. like without a doubt, watching it live. Yep. And uh, it seemed like Sean O'Malley, who uh, you know met with the press afterwards, said the same. And I saw a bunch of people say that as well. And, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if this is a fair statement to say, but it, it definitely seems like 
the most exciting part of the the main car. The main car was a little bit slow, I, I will admit. Uh, the confrontation afterwards, which seems to be the sort of thing that Dana White and the UFC would shit on if it was done in Bellator. And and honestly, if any other promotion did that and it resulted in the exact same way, meaning the jacket stuff and the pushing, whatever, everyone would be like, oh, this is so amateur. But when the UFC does it, it's okay. Dana White saying afterwards that it was a mistake. I would argue it wasn't a mistake because it only built, that's going to be replayed and cut up a million times leading up to their next fight. If you're Aljamain Sterling, and we'll ask him this question, and I don't know if anyone did at the post-fight presser. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I think you were there. Are you annoyed that they did that, or are you smart enough to understand that all this is going to do is make the fight versus Shogi even bigger? I don't know if that specific question was asked, but I he did not have an issue with, with how everything went down. He was just... I could see why someone would be annoyed. Nah, he was kind of just like, Marab's a gangster, like... It but not even the Marab thing. Like, you know, if you're a guy who just won a fight and had a three to four month training camp and you just beat an Olympic gold medalist and a lot of people thought you were going to lose and you win, you know, there, were, there were, I can understand why someone would be like, get the fuck out of here. This is my th- moment. We'll do that later. I think Aljo uh, knows, knows where the money's yeah. knows where the money's yeah, at. Yeah, it's your moment, but this, this is going to build to something much he's, bigger in a few months. He's been calling for this fight. There was no doubt who was next. There's no doubt who they both wanted next. I, I think he... He sees the bigger picture here. Bigger fight, Aljo Sugar or Cejudo Sugar? Cejudo Sugar. Right now, or are you talking about... No, like, what would have been the bigger fight? Not right now, obviously Mm, not right now. uh, um, Probably Aljo. Just because he's coming in with the title, right? Henry would have... Although, Henry would have got the title. Henry would have won, and he would have gotten the title back. That's that's a tough argument to make. After the three-year layoff. Yeah, that probably would have been... That probably would have been worth something. That's probably a little easier... Uh, sell because Cejudo continues to kind of like make history. Um, to be honest, probably the same. Yeah, there's probably not much of a difference. It's if we're if we're talking about who's going to be the draw here, it's it's O'Malley's O'Malley's the one. So it doesn't really matter. Six and one half dozen in the other, as they say. Yeah, exactly. That is what they say. Yeah, I am curious how uh, Aljo feels about the Boston thing because that is supposedly August nineteenth, and that's in. Three months? Yeah. I mean, most champions aren't coming around, you know, every three months. Like, Jamal Hill fought in January. He has nothing on the books. And I know that they're waiting for Yuri Prochaska, but, like, when's the last time Amanda Nunes fought? I I can see him being annoyed. Now, I I, I did see him say, you know, I want to fight September and then maybe December. So maybe he wants this activity. But I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can make that happen. And obviously, they need a few title fights because there's been so many. And I think, I think, I think it'll be huge. I, I, I feels to me like he's over this whole respect thing, which I think is on, like you stop. We can argue about it, but if he's the one arguing about it, it will never come. Um, shout out to my friend Pastor Johnny who wrote this to me, as he usually does very eloquently after fights. He sends me emails. He's like the ones who who bang the drum about respect and all that stuff, never get it. So he just needs to stop worrying about it. And I get the feeling he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't talk about that stuff anymore. And I think that's, you know, to his, uh, you know, to his benefit. I think 
<clears throat> Aljamain has definitely come into his own as a person who is going to do what he's going to do and let you worry about it and not kind of change what he's doing based on the, on the whims of other people. And I think a lot of that could be a product of the fact that like you think that winning the title and you think that beating TJ Dillashaw and you think that uh, beating Henry Cejudo is going to be the thing that ultimately earns you respect and then it's not and people continue to kind of downplay your accomplishments. I think he's at the point where he knows that he can't control that part. I will say... A recent example of somebody who's been demanding respect and then did um, finally get it was Alexander Volkanovsky. He'd been beating that drum for a very, very long time. Yeah. Then he had the right fight with Islam Makachev and did get his respect. So I don't know if it's a futile effort. I think you just need the right circumstances. You know, I, I am somebody who has been talking about that I think Aljamain Sterling has been disrespected for a long time based on his accomplishments, right? There are reasons that people like him, uh, d don't like him. There are people who will cite the knee. There are people who will cite some of the cringe stuff he's doing, some of the personality, who he retweets on Twitter. All these um, reasons uh, they will use to discredit um, him as a fighter, but they're not really reasons to discredit him as a fighter. His resume is rock solid. The names on it um, are incredible. And if it was somebody else, um, the situation might be different. So people look for ways to discredit him. I don't think uh, I don't think there's a winning that that situation. Uh, but with the right fight, because uh, we we like Sean O'Malley's the next fight, right? Do you do you in any circumstance think that Aljamain Sterling will get credit for beating Sean O'Malley, or will the conversation be Sean O'Malley can't wrestle? This was a layup. It, there's no winning this scenario. Yeah, it's tough. Aljamain I mean, Sterling. unless he knocks him out, right? If, if he, he knocks him out, they're still going to say Sean O'Malley. Like he didn't have to worry about the wrestling. He knocked him out. There's always going to be an yeah. excuse. Um, yeah, I, I do suppose it's it's hard. It makes it a little bit harder for him just because. The knee to get the belt, and then two splitties, and then the Dillashaw injury. Like it, like creates excuses for people that don't want to give him that credit, which are none are his fault. He's yeah, beating the not. opposition of in front saying. of him. It's 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 ridiculous, quite frankly. It's it's rare that the more interesting post fight discussion centers around the guy who lost the fight, but in this case, which is great. I love the fact that we know it's Sean next. I love the fact that we even have a date somewhat targeted. Uh, this is great. Like, there's no BS. Who's next? This after the Leon fight in London, there was all this jockeying. There's no jockeying, and that's fun. But then on the flip side, the Cejudo question to me is the even even bigger one to discuss and debate. A, does he stick around? He was non-committal. He took off the gloves. Um, seemed like he was upset, confused, disappointed. Um, probably thinks he won now. As 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 it all is going to sink in. Spoke briefly to his head coach, Captain Eric. Who, who's cracking open a beer over there? Is that Frank? Uh, that's uh, Joe. Starting yeah. a little early today. Yeah, respect. We're all um, starting early. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry about that. Miss breakfast. Um, he implied that he's not walking away. Um, and then initially I was thinking like, well, I guess, you know, if you lose at 135 and there's all these guys at 135, you might as well just try the 145 thing once and for all and get it over with because, you know, this is your best shot. You're not tied to a belt and uh, you may not get a title shot at 135 anytime soon. But after watching that fight and thinking about it a little more, the trouble that he had, you know, closing the distance with Aljamain, he's going to, maybe Volkanovsky is the exception to the rule, which is weird because he's a champion against the top of that 145 pound weight class. He's going to have a hell of a lot more trouble. So I, I don't think 145 is the answer for him. He called out Marab 
around an hour and a half or so ago. Marab has a serious hand injury, and it's unclear at this point if he's going to need surgery or not. He may, and if he needs the surgery, he's going to be out for quite some time. So I'd be very surprised, unless he miraculously avoids it, that he'd be ready to fight in August. What the hell happens to Henry now? Yeah. Eric? Uh I like the Marab fight, but I think... I don't like the Marab fight if I'm Marab. Why should I take that fight? Here's the th- here's the situation with Marab. Sorry to ask you a yeah, question. No, no, and then interrupt. They're pissed at him, which is crazy to me because he's like such a lovable guy. Yeah. The, the reason they want him to fight Umar is because he's not fighting Aljo. And, it's not, and, and what's so shitty about that is he, 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 if he wasn't Aljo's friend... If he, if he hated Aljo, he still wasn't getting the Aljo fight. It was always going to Sean O'Malley because Sean O'Malley's the bigger draw. And yet they are annoyed that he's trying to say no because friendship is bigger than, you know, than a belt to him. Wow, what a shitty guy. And so they're trying to book him against Umar Namagomedov. Why the fuck should he fight Umar Namagomedov? As good as he is, Umar hasn't fought a top 15 guy, let alone a top five guy, let alone a top 10 guy. Why should he take so, that fight? So now they're going to try to make him fight Henry. Why should he fight Henry? In what universe? He, then? he should fucking fight for the belt. What? But, but his there's friend a world has the by the belt. But there's what? a world by the time his hand heals. You know, I mean, because Henry does say hashtag UFC Boston in that tweet, and there's just no way by the things that you're saying and Marab has said about his injury, he's not going to be ready by August. I'm just confused at the argument. You're saying he, you're saying he doesn't want to fight for the belt. We respect that, which yeah. we do. But he should fight for the belt. Like, who's he fighting then? Oh, Aljo laid it out very clearly. He said he's moving up after uh, Sean. He beats Sean. He moves up to 45. Belt is vacated. Marab fights. Uh, so, Ariel, well, you're saying when, if there's a vacant title, yeah. Marab should take no fight but the title fight. A thousand percent. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's fine. Especially after his performance no, against I have Fiona. no issue with that. If Aljo's, Marab- fighting in, if Aljo's fighting in three months, just wait. You just if, fought in March. Sure, yeah. No, no issue with that. If Marab wants to fight, though... There's got to be a name he has to fight. Like Barack Obama was president the last time Colby Covington fought. I'm, I'm saying that. if Marab wants to fight, I'm not. Get my point. I'm not. I'm not. No, because I know people are going to be like, you can't sit and wait. The dude no, who's fighting for the welterweight title, Sean O'Malley, fought in October. Sean O'Malley fought in October. This guy fought in, oh, yeah. in, in, in freaking March. No, there's precedent for that. I'm saying, does Marab? If Marab wants to fight, there has there has to be a name. Henry Cejudo makes a lot of sense. But again, it's it's the less it's it, it's why DDP versus Robert Whitaker doesn't make sense. It's why Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway doesn't make sense. Why would you kill off the number one contender with a guy who's not getting a title shot? Now I know Henry hasn't lost twice um, like those other guys did to the champion, but to me, it just feels like a shitty situation. Any other circumstance, a guy with Marab's resume, with the wins that he has had recently, Aldo, Jan, etc., he doesn't have to fight a Sahudo after that. But again, I'm, they're, they're going to force the issue because he doesn't want to fight Aljo. Why not just wait to see? And by the way, if, if O'Malley wins, now what do you have on your hands? You have O'Malley versus Marab after what happened on Saturday? <laughs> but why? I don't understand why these two things like can't co- like coexist. Why can't Marab sit out and wait and see? He doesn't have to fight Henry. Oh, they're going to try to force it. If, if Henry wants that, are you kidding? They're going to force why, the issue. Why does Marab have to take it is what I'm saying. I mean, he doesn't have to take it, but they'll take him out of the rankings. They'll say, oh, you know, what are you talking about? Did you just enter the MMA world? Did you not, like, do you not see I, the I way they treat it? They, 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 they removed Leon from the rankings because he wouldn't fucking. I don't, I don't see the world where they're just like, Marab doesn't want to wait until August or September. And then Bro, they tried to the book rankings. Marab to fight Umar next, this weekend, May 13th. And it didn't happen. Yeah, and they're mad at him. 
And he's in the rankings. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I, it just doesn't. I think he just needs to wait. He just needs chill. to wait. There's no don't sign any contract. See what happens with that. If hand. he wants to fight, see Henry's a great at. fight. If he doesn't, don't fight. It, it doesn't. I don't understand. Marab is the man. Sorry. Okay, nobody's <laughs> disagreeing with that. Marab is great. He's like, he's like Forrest Gump. He just shows up in all these like the background of all these situations. It's like you know, you know, Forrest Gump. Like when when Nixon is there and all these yeah. things. He's yeah. just like there. How is he there? He's there in the back when Cejudo and Aljo. He's just like right in the middle. And then the the, the O'Malley thing with the jacket. Um, the guy. I don't know. I don't know how you can hate that guy. Anyway, I don't know how I got on this whole Marab uh, tangent here, but <laughs> he was kind of like the unsung hero of Saturday night. It, he, was, mean, he, was, <laughs> he helped himself after the the co-main and the main when when Marab put on the jacket. That was that was the highlight of the night. Oh, hundred percent. So, what and, do you do for Cejudo? Do you stay if it's not Marab? Who who if, are you? If Marab doesn't want that fight, then just another. This is what I was going to say about Cejudo. It depends on what his end goal is. If his end goal is just to recapture the bantamweight title, you probably just wait, you know, try to pick off one of the top guys, and then you can probably get another crack after O'Malley or or Marab or whoever. Um, if you want something, it seemed like it was building toward a Volkanovski fight. If that's the legacy fight that you kind of want, now you can have a, a title in three different divisions. I would go to forty five and try to pick off a top contender there, and then go after Volkanovski. Man, he's got those guys are too big. I agree with you. I don't like that stylistically. It's the reason why I favored Aljo heading into this fight. I think the range is just too much for Cejudo. But does is recapturing the bantamweight title his end goal, or was that just an, a way to shortcut to Alexander Volkanovski? Felt like it, it to me. I mean, he said it himself. He said. Aljo, O'Malley, and then Volk. Yeah, but again, Volk's the end, right? Volk's right. the end goal of that. So if you want to toil away at 35 and try and get that belt, you can. But I don't think that really gets him closer to the legacy stuff. I think Henry Cejudo's got a limited amount of fights left. If Volkanovski is the one that's going to be the legacy fight for you, going to get you titles in three different divisions, I'd take the crack at a, at a 45 contender. If that goes south, call it a career and, and go from there. If it goes north, all of a sudden you can sell, hey, I had a really close fight with the bantamweight champion. I just took out a 45 contender. Feed me Alexander Volkanovski. And for a guy who, you know, Let's let's call it what it is. Featherweight's not loaded with options. Max Holloway's sitting over here calling out Korean Zombie. There's ways that Henry Cejudo could slide into that conversation with one win. So that's yeah, what I would. Man, do. there's there's a lot of fun fight for him at, at 35. I know that may not. Uh, it feels like from his tweet that he wants to stay at 35. I love I love yeah. all those fights. I would love to see Henry Cejudo, Sanhagen, Jan, Rob Font. Yeah, but the, what's the goal? No, I know, I know. Also, uh, worth the noting same problems against a guy like Sanhagen though. Yeah, there's some long guys at bantamweight, but I mean, again, sure, featherweight's sure. a different feather. Like Max yeah, Holloway, yeah, year, yeah, year is like five eleven. Max Holloway's what five yeah. ten. Like that, yeah. you're really talking about serious Crazy reach and difference. size advantages. Yeah, um, we forget, you know, Cejudo has been through so much in terms of, um, you know, like the physical toll that his body has taken over the last 20, 25 years from wrestling to Olympics to now fighting and cutting to 125. I don't think he has much left in him, but I would be yeah. very surprised. I said this on Saturday. I, I maintained it even after the tweet. I, I don't think he worked all this you know, time to get back just to leave yeah. after losing so you know close. And, and again, like... He just think if Derek clearly scores that fifth round in his favor, he's the champion today. Yeah, he's the champion. He just yeah. took the champ to a, a, a split decision. Exactly. I, I think I think it was the emotions of of losing an incredibly close fight. He wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And now I think as everything kind of settles and he gets further away from the fight and he keeps thinking it more, I think there's no question he's going to fight again. Can I tell you who uh, the biggest 
winner was on Saturday who didn't fight. The sure. biggest winner who didn't fight on Saturday was, in my opinion, no doubt, Colby Covington. Colby so? Covington was the biggest winner on Saturday because if Bilal Muhammad or Gilbert Burns would have gone out and knocked out the other, had a decisive win, gone on the microphone, got people excited on Monday, today we'd be talking about how you have to change plans and go with that guy, especially if it was Bilal because he had the history with Leon and uh, reverse course and, 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 and make that the title fight. Because the fight, you know, he won fair and square and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and knock him. He did what he had to do. It's very impressive, the streak that he's on. Gilbert's tough, injured, arm, shoulder, or not. Because yeah. it wasn't anything to really like get people excited about, now there's no real push to change. Now it's just like, all right, let's go. Colby, Leon, let's see it. Let's move on with our lives. You get what I'm saying? So I yeah. felt like he was the real big winner from all of that. Two dominoes fell in that, right? Like Jorge Masvidal. Gone. Gone yep. by a Gilbert Burns decision that wasn't that exciting. Now Gilbert Burns, gone. Bilal Muhammad. There's people who are who much like Aljamain Sterling. Uh, he, you know, he did this, he did this. So always make excuses to kind of discredit that. Yeah, the Colby Covington sitting pretty. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I find it hard to believe they'd skip Colby for for. Um, oh, there was for, no way. Once Bilal, Dana dug his heels in a thousand yeah. times, yeah, no, I, I think Colby was going to get the shot no matter how. Bilal but you're right. And I mean, I think Bilal locked up like the gets the winner of that fight. Like I mean, yeah. Do you think there's any scenario in which they make him fight someone else? Because yes. think about this. Think about this. <sighs> October. They let's say they fight in October, which we 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 keep saying October because Leon said October, but October is um, Abu Dhabi. Are they putting Leon versus Colby in Abu Dhabi? That would make Feels no like sense to me. Feels also, like also by the way, you know what would make a lot of there's only two great places to do Bilal versus Leon too. One is Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah, that would make all the sense in the world. Muslim fighter fighting yep. in a predominantly Muslim country, um, like or, no brainer, right? Yeah. Uh, or L- London. Yeah. So, so it's a shame that they did that. Again, I, I still think that they should do Bilal versus Leon now um, because he's earned and fought, but they're not. Absolutely. I mean, he's a ten fight unbeaten streak. Like I, that's just. That's tough to make a mask. Who's going to fight now? Shavkat or someone? Well, no, not, not so. That's the thing, but. If, if Leon fights in October, or I don't know, maybe they save him for MSG, or maybe they do it in September, the winner of that fight is only going to be available when? April? May? So that means now Bilal's going to have no momentum. The, the, the timing is just really shitty. But so this is the same as the Marab conversation. Yeah, it's, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. So Marab and Bilal should, should sit out or fight? I mean, it's. I, I think Bilal should sit out and, and wait for the title shot. I think he's earned that. I mean, you you talked about O'Malley. By the time he fights, it'll have been 10, 11 months since the last time he fought. It could be the same thing for Bilal. Yeah, the quick turnaround here is helping O'Malley because I thought it would be like November um, that the winner of the Aljo Cejudo fight fights. Um, but yeah, I think I think Colby's the big winner there. Um, good on Bilal. It's amazing what he's done, especially when I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. Sucks for Gilbert Burns. The real lesson is, in my opinion, is like if you sit and everyone just kind of fights and cancels each other out, you can be sitting pretty too. You know, like yeah. Gilbert fought three times since January. This was his third fight since January. Um, it's like three but months. And he was in a position out. where he needed it. He needed some momentum. He, he, he was going to be the backup fighter, remember? he really put his freaking you know thing on the line there he was gonna get paid to just be the backup fighter and backup fight like to be honest like he he gave up a title shot 
no, we're not we're not uh, accepting that backup fighter is automatic title shot. Yeah, I mean, also parts. probably got a pretty uh, healthy payday for stepping in on short notice for this. For yeah, this one moment. would hope. He needed he needed it, but he he didn't get it, and I think that's why we I saw you know we saw him walking out of the cage. Uh, he looked he looked pretty heartbroken. Rejected. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to to ask the body. January, hundred six days. April I think it was yeah. Um, only thing more imp- late January, early May too. It's crazy. Only thing more impressive than that was, uh, like in the span of three weeks. I think like Bad Bunny got some award and then he was at the Met Gala and then he <laughs> he did a backlash. I saw that exact thing. Last week you couldn't even name a Bad Bunny song and now <laughs> you're just talking fan. about. I freaking you're me? like you guys ever even heard of him? Like I I don't believe that he's the most stream artist in the world. Me? I said that. Oh my gosh, we're we gonna have to pull the tape. I did not. I know. I said apparently. Uh, I know yeah. him for. What are you talking about? You said, you said what's? You said what's? Uh, can anyone name a Bad Bunny song? And I had to say, you know, Moscow Mule. Can't wait to see him in concert. And yeah. he's a big Bad Bunny fan. You don't remember any of this? Wait, I think I was on the phone when this happened. Yeah, but I never said that he did it. Was yeah, yeah. he? He was oh, in WrestleMania two from, years ago. We're getting a text from Oscar Wilson right now. He's he's confirming it as well. What? That you didn't know who Bad Bunny was. That's fucked up. That is so fucked up. <laughs> I he, also remember he was in WrestleMania two years ago. Of course I knew who he was. Yeah, I mean, you may have known who he was, but you know, now you're talking about he you're he's your number one artist on Spotify. I love him. Now. I love him. We I listened mean, all day yesterday. House. You said you didn't I mean, know he was a big deal. That's yes. crazy. Thank you, Andy. Wow. Andy's really laptop bad. is covered with Bad Bunny stickers. You came for her guy and now you're Is that true, Andy? Yeah, for real. I didn't do you did you see? No. You missed oh it? Oh my gosh, you have to watch. Oh my God, Andy, it's the greatest entrance of all time. Someone showed her in the middle. Is Andy's the greatest thing. He comes out to the song uh, Chambea. What does that even mean, Chambea? Do you know? No, not really. That's more like slang, yeah. Whatever it was. Like, yeah. He freaking comes out and the place, ex- they were in Puerto Rico. Top five greatest crowds that I've ever experienced. I was in there live, but watch. Instead of doing the one, two, they would go uno, dos, ah! And everyone does. Oh, it was amazing. It was a, that Puerto Rican crowd. They were going nuts. And then when he came out, the freaking place exploded. It was unbelievable. I mean, he's the man. He is the man. Um, all right, shout out to Bad Bunny. Maybe uh, our first guest of the day is a fan of Bad Bunnies. And by the way, I, I do not accept any of this slander. I, I, I've been a big Bad Bunny mark for a long time. In fact, I think I have some merch of his. I don't know. I can't find it. History. I do have some Sanibel uh, Sugar Sean gloves. Without further ado, let us say hello to the man, Sugar Sean O'Malley, squeezing us in before he flies out to Cali. Hello, sir. How are you? Ariel, how's it going, brother? You're the man, Sean. Thank you for doing this. Are you a Bad Bunny fan? Do you like him? Titi me pregunto. Yeah, for real. Okay. I don't know what that means. Is that a song of his? Yeah. Respect. All right. I'll take that as a yes. Oh, hello. What's up? How are you? She, uh, yeah, my AirPod. Oh, sure. I have my AirPod in, so she can't hear. But what's her name? Elena. Elena. Hola, Elena. Maybe she could see me uh, waving. She's like, "Who is this weird-looking <laughs> dude?" Um, Sean, thanks for doing this. Uh, Saturday, you were there. I know you spoke briefly to the media afterwards, but now a couple days later, what did you make of Aljo's performance? Did you think that he did enough to win that fight? Because I think initially you said you thought Henry did enough. A couple days later, have you changed your mind? I haven't had a chance to rewatch it uh, live, watching it from my angle. You know, you sit in cage side, there's spots you can't really quite see. Um, I thought Henry had did enough to get the job done. Um, but then I, I heard a lot of the media and a lot of the other people saying, no, they thought Aljo won. So I'll have to go back and rewatch it. But very close fight, uh, regardless. Uh, you tweeted before the fight that you wanted Henry to win so that you could punch him in the face. 
Could we expand on that? Why, like, other than just wanting to punch him in the face, what was it about Henry that you were hoping, you know, he would win so that you can get him? Um, yeah, I mean, you can't tell me you wouldn't like to punch him in the face, Ariel. <laughs> he just got that face, that big head, short arm, short legs. He's 5'4". He, he fights with his chin higher than... I don't, I don't know. There's just something about Henry I would love to love to uh, smack him. Who knows? Maybe down the line somewhere. If, if he doesn't quit again, then uh, we can make that happen. Did you feel like the bigger money fight, the bigger business, was to be had with Henry as opposed to Aljo? Yeah, I think I think it is. But now that Aljo beat Henry, I mean, me versus Aljo is still a really big fight. I think me versus Henry is a little bit bigger fight, but... You know, not much different. Those guys are similar draws. I'm very curious what the pay per view sales, uh, the pay per views did for this fight. You know, I think I think me versus Aljo could double it, or I could double it. Sorry. What do you mean by that? You think you you think you're the A side, and and all the, uh, you know, all the pressure is on you to sell this? Not necessarily. To, <clears throat> I don't feel like the pressure. I think the fight's already gonna do. You know, the numbers it's gonna do. I don't necessarily have to sell the fight. I just think it's gonna, you know, be twice as engaging. Sure. Uh, just be, meaning, in other words, you versus this guy, you versus that guy. As long as it's you, it, it does the same. In my humble opinion, yes. Ariel. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I just wanted to. to uh, what do you think it does, by the way? Your first uh, pay per view main event for the belt. Do you think we can? What do you, what do you think? Seven fifty, eight hundred, milli. What are we thinking? Yeah, I don't know. It sucks because you know the the champ obviously gets the pay per view points that I wasn't able to uh, get that on on my terms and and say, hey, you know what, you know, let me let me get a little piece of that. So I'm not really. It's different, you know. If I if I do get that, you know, maybe I try to push it a little more, you know. But at the end of the day, I want it to do really well. You know, Al Joe's going to send me a little little percentage of it. He said, um, so I think it'll still do really well as far as the number put on it. I'd say just twice as good as whatever this one did. By the way, and I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to stir the pot here. The fact that you're not going to get a percentage of the pay-per-view blows me away. Like I, I, that, that is, is, I think that's borderline. That's like, that's a travesty. That's criminal right there. How is that even possible? <laughs> you're going to sell this. Uh, this is going to be one of the biggest bantamweight title fights of all time. And you're right because of your popularity. You're not getting a cut of that. That's insane to me. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm making a good amount of money, so I'm not too worried about it. I'm not, you know, I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid, Dario. So I'm, I'll be all right without that. You know, I got to go out there and still do what I got to do. And, you know, let's take Aljo out. And then, and then, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, so he told you he's going to give you a percentage? Yeah. When? In the cage. No, I'm sure he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> okay. But, uh, it would be nice of him. But no, I sat right next to his mom and his girlfriend. I sat right next to Aljo's family during the fight. His mom's a sweetheart. And his girl, he's got a beautiful uh, girlfriend. So Aljo's doing, Aljo's doing good. Uh, was that awkward for you at all? No, not really. Maybe more so for, you know, I don't think his mom, well, maybe she did. She was, you know, I, I, was, I know how my mom gets during the fight. So I was kind of trying to comfort her, you know. I was like, Aljo's going to do good. And, you know, she was, she's a nice lady, so. Uh, it wasn't awkward. That's nice I'm of you. That's a very mensch-like thing for you to do. I'm on it. Yeah, well, I'm going to beat up her son. What am I going to be mean to her, too? <laughs> uh, what does your daughter want? Does she want some kind of video? What's wrong? She wants Monet. Oh, the movie? Coco Melon. Uh, no, Coco Melon. She calls him Monet for some reason, but uh, yeah, she's... I Yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, all right, so you're in the... By the way, anything that Aljo did 
impress you that you're like, oh, I didn't think he would do this. I didn't think like did, did you did you find yourself saying like, all right, props on that? Um, I, I, if anything, I would say uh, you know his gas tank, Being, keeping up with Henry for five rounds. That that was more impressive than anything. Um, I, I understand how dangerous of an opponent Aljo is. I know his strength. I know his weaknesses, and, and you could he could be considered. Could, yeah. Yeah. You could be considered the greatest, you know, bantamweight of all time right now with his resume. So I know what I'm getting into. I'm very excited for the challenge, and I do believe I have the ability and the skills to go out there and shock the world because I do believe I'm going to be a massive underdog. Um, you you really think you'll be a massive underdog, like from a betting standpoint? I think so. I think when you look at you know who he's beat and how his style is, you know, very grappling heavy. I haven't really fought a really really good grappler yet uh, inside the octagon. Um, obviously, I train with absolute killers. Um, I, I know, I understand, um, you know, wh- where the strength and weaknesses are. And I do believe I have the skills. And I, I think the outside perspective will be, uh, you know, Aljo is going to go out there and do what he did to Corey. You know, we got kind of similar body types. And uh, so I just got to last like longer than 12 seconds in Corey <laughs> and, uh, to win. Just jokes. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, he, he, he said that uh, you were offered this fight and you stepped aside to let Henry take the fight instead. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, I said, <clears throat> go ahead, let Henry win, winner of that one. It'll be a massive fight. So Aljo goes out, I go out there, fight Aljo, or Aljo goes out there, beats Henry. Yeah. You know, me versus Aljo is that much bigger, or Henry wins. So I would have preferred the fight. I think that's a, a, a bigger fight. Um, so it really was a win-win for me. You know, we, we fight, in, I think Dana was saying, what, August? Mm-hmm. August. Uh, um, Hey, that's a quick turnaround, Aljo. Don't get too heavy. Don't get too big. I know those weight cuts aren't too easy for you. So, you know, stay disciplined, stay in shape. Don't don't cut too much weight because that chin's going to go too easy. Uh, and I'm going to ask you about the August thing in a moment. But uh, did you? So the big news was, and the thing that everyone was talking afterwards was your face off with him in the cage. Did you know that was going to happen, or or was it just like a spontaneous thing? Like, did they give you the heads up beforehand? They did. Yeah, they said, you know, we win this fight. You're obviously, uh, you're, you're fighting the winner. We're going to get a little uh, square off in there. So I was I was aware of that, yeah. You okay with that? Oh, yeah. I love this shit, Ariel. That was, it was fun. It was great. Okay, okay. Because, you know, sometimes I don't know if, like, feels like you're taking away the moment, this and that. I think it only helps sell the pay-per-view. I wonder how he felt about it. And we can ask him that later. You do the, the back and forth. What are you guys saying to each other in there? I would just let him know. You know, be ready for a quick turnaround. Don't don't get too big. I know he likes to get big. I know he wants to go to probably go to Jamaica, pretend he's from there, and do do that shit. So I was just letting him know. Stay stay ready. You know, don't get too big. That that was gonna be a quick turnaround. Let's get it. Okay, so it's uh, going back and forth. You take off the jacket, and it, it, watching the clip, it looks like you're just passing it off to someone. I that I know. I thought that dude was my coat. I have a I had a coat guy the night because I knew I was gonna take my jacket off, but they didn't. You know, they, they didn't let him in there. So I thought Marab was the coat dude. I handed it to Marab. So can't even be mad at Marab. You know, I don't think he's quite all there. So it's like, I don't want to be a bully. But yeah, he, he, he's, a, he's a funny character. Did, were you annoyed once you saw that he was wearing it? No, to be honest, I thought, it, you know, he looks good in that jacket. I might send it to him. He probably needs a nice little, little fashion. Um, and then it gets like a little bit heated inside was it because of the marab thing or was it because of the aljo thing it was kind of hard to keep track i was track. Just fired up yeah, ariel yeah. i was fired up had nice some adrenaline ready seeing aljo with that belt towering over him he's smaller than i thought i know how strong he is i know you know he's a jacked looking dude but being in there face to face with them i mean you see the pictures that's you know imagine me versus henry <laughs> you know 
Alger was towering over Henry. <clears throat> I was pumped. I was fired up in there, Ariel. I was trying to talk to Henry. I was, you know, I think Henry lucked out. Um, he actually kind he lucked. He, he actually, uh, oh, can you still see me? Yep, yep. We still you. Okay, sweet. You know, he kind of, he got, he got lucky. He lost that fight because I, I do believe I would have put Henry's lights out. You know, he stands there with his chin up. He, uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw Connor's tweets and stuff. That was absolutely hilarious because Henry, <laughs> he thinks he's, he thinks he's just this, you know, he, he has a good resume. He's really good. Don't get me wrong. But he thinks he invented place barring. He thinks he's just this guy that is the, the just incredible guy. It's just annoying. So I would have loved to sleep that dude. Um, he walks out there with his chin up. He fights like he's six three, and he's he's not. He fights like he's a tall guy. And and uh, you'd think being as smart as he is, he would have a little bit better style. But I was just fired up in there, Ariel. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, you're talking about the karate stance that everyone makes a whole big deal about. You're not too impressed. I mean, he he did well. I I honestly thought he had won the fight, but it's just like maybe captain. She told him to stand like that. I don't know whoever. I don't know if he thought of it himself, but you know, for someone that speaks so highly of themselves, you'd think he would have a little bit better style, being you know his, his kind of build. Uh, he called out Marab this morning. Do you, do you think that fight makes really? sense? Yeah, he tweeted. He said, "Let's go." And it was a picture, by the way, of Marab wearing your jacket that he posted, uh, like a Photoshop photo. I think Marab on your head um, or on your body. Um, <laughs> You like that that's fight? Funny. Does that make sense in your opinion? Uh, Maybe that's the number one contender fight. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, that. I mean, I like that idea. Uh, you know, because I, I do think me versus Henry is a big fight. I do think that there's something there that needs to be settled. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Do I think Henry beats Marab? Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting, interesting fight. That's an interesting fight. I like it. I Do I think Henry's actually going to come back? Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. How do you think he would do at 45? Henry? Yeah. Uh, I just think he's just too little. He's just, I mean, I don't think he weighed more to buck 40 going into the cage that night. I think he just, you know, it, it, yeah, I just don't think that's a that's a good move. If, if anything, he should go down 25 or 15. 15? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, they don't have that. Never mind. <laughs> that's right. Well, they, they maybe in some other way, uh, division and some other promotion. Um. So, so you and Marab, just curious, is it personal now? Like you beat Aljo, do you want Marab? Are you annoyed with him? How do you feel about him after Saturday? Marab's going to stick around the top for a long time. I do believe that. So I, I, that fight's going to happen regardless. Um, you know, I go out there, beat the best guy in the division, potentially the bantamweight go in Aljo. You know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like, hey, give me an easy fight. Give me fucking, give me Cheeto. Oh, wow. Even though he's coming off a loss. Uh, well, hopefully he can go out there and get a win. You know, obviously, yeah, if he's coming off a loss, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, I go out there and beat the best dude. Uh, I'd like, I'd like, I'd say, hey, give, give me a something. Give me a little easier fight. Give me, uh, you can have them. Give me Cheeto. Were you surprised by that fight, Cheeto and Sanhagen, a couple, uh, couple weeks ago, a month or so ago? Not, not really. You know, I've been in there with Cheeto. He's not a fast guy. He's pretty slow. His, you know, what I was surprised with is he didn't know how to get up off the ground. I thought he was a black belt. He li- literally looked like a blue belt. You know, Corey isn't a wrestler. He, he has been improving his wrestling, working on his wrestling, and-, and has wrestling, obviously. But the fact that Cheeto literally didn't know how to get up off the ground blew my mind. So, yeah, that in that aspect, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that, uh, you know, I'm- and I'm sure he knows how, maybe. Maybe he had a little brain fart, got taken down, and he just kind of forgot how to get up. But 
So afterwards, Dana White said August 19th, maybe Boston, maybe not a hundred percent. So we don't want to put a stamp on that, but were you told that beforehand that that's what they're targeting? Um, same, same. It's like, Hey, potentially this okay. is, this is a possibility. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, as much as I do. Okay. Uh, do you think that Aljo will come? That's in three months. A lot of champions aren't fighting that quick. Do you think he'll have an issue three with that? Three and a half. Three and a half, fine. All right. Three and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if they get the venue, if they get Boston, um, you know, I think UFC would like to bring me to Boston. And, you know, it's, I don't know how much of a choice Al Jermaine has. It's not, you know, he's, he's a champ. I'm the number one guy. He didn't get injured. He's good. So, you know, regardless, I think, you know, I'm fighting in Boston. Whether he wants to show up, make the biggest payday of his life, that's up to him. Do you have any ties to, uh, I mean, is O'Malley, uh, is it an Irish name? Do you have ties to the Boston? I'm not sure. Um, I, I got my 23 and me. Yeah. I got to send it in because I oh. know I'm going to be getting asked a bunch. I know I am. I know my grandma on my dad's side is very Irish. So I'm going to, I'm going to get that sent in. Um, and also, you know, I got accepted and honored into the brotherhood of, with Terrence McKinney and Kevin Holland. So that was a huge <laughs> honor this weekend. I was really, you know, happy about that. So that 23 and me should be popping up here soon and I'll let you know. Yes. Uh, you're referring to, uh, I think it was Terrence who said the three, what do you say? The three most popular black guys in the UFC. Was that it? Something along those lines. Yes. Okay. So you felt the love. Felt good, though. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about that. Um. And, okay. So we'll see. Because he said September. That's why I was wondering if you felt like there was any chance that he doesn't come back. Are you antsy at this point? You haven't fought since October. Are you antsy to get back in there? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready to get back in there. I think September. You know, who knows where that card's going to be in September. Um. I think August makes sense. That's 15 weeks, three and a half months. You know, that's damn near four months. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's plenty of time for, for him to, to, you know, take a couple weeks off, get back to get back, to, get back in there. I mean, he said he's going to fold me in one round. So I don't even know why he would train. Maybe take, take, you know, 14 weeks off train fight week and, and try to get the job done there. I saw you do some, uh, you were doing some like uh, promotional video stuff at MSG, I think on Thursday. And then I was wondering if they were doing that because they wanted you to fight at MSG, but apparently not. So what was that for? Um, just future, you know, just for the future promotion. You know, we're in New York. We're there. We might as well, you know, shoot some content. That was pretty, yeah, pretty sweet. Joel, the guy that was kind of giving us the tour, he has been there for 40 years. And, and uh, you know, he was a massive fan of the Sugar Show. And he, he sounds like he really, really wants to get me uh, at MSG. He thinks, he believes we could do massive numbers there. So, uh, that, that's definitely, you know, whether it's this year, sometime next year, don't they fight there once a year? Yeah. November. MSG. Okay. So yeah, you know, that, that, that's, there's potential there. Uh, yeah. So is the hope maybe you fight in August and then you come and, and, and fight in, in November as champ? Yeah. You know, I definitely am not going to look overlook Aljamain. I understand how, how big of a challenge this is and I'm very excited for it, but yeah, that that for me to say, yeah, August and November is the plan. It would be silly. I got to go out there and take care of Aljamain first. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a fan of his, uh, as a content creator yourself, are you a fan of his YouTube channel, of the videos he puts out? I don't know if you've seen any of them, but if, if you have, your thoughts. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I try to keep up a little bit. If, if my name gets involved, you know, I want to make see what's going on. Um, I think he's doing a good job. He, he's really trying and... Uh, you know, 
He's, he's doing a good job, better than Henry. Henry's breakdowns, holy shit, that dude is bad. What? He's trying to. He's like, you see, you see what he did there. He threw a jab. You see, you see, look what he did here. He threw a jab, and then he'll rewind it, and then show him what a jab is, and then he'll pretend like he's good. It's so annoying. It's like turn that shit off. Oh wow. Okay, so you like Aljo's better? Uh, I don't know if Aljo has breakdown videos. I think I, I've just heard you know him do some podcasts, and I don't know what else he really does on there. Um, but I ain't gonna fucking go down, throw on YouTube, kick my feet up, and throw on Aljamain's YouTube channel. I'm not saying that, I but I will it. say that I, you know, it is it's better than Henry. I get Got it. it. Um, and 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 just curious, uh, you did tweet a few weeks ago that after you fight Aljo and Marab, uh, you'd like to train with them after Saturday. Yeah. Would Would you still like to do yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I think you could learn from everyone. Aljo and Marab, they're just, you know, I don't, I don't hate the guys. I think they're goofballs. Um, you know, they got a they got a unique friendship. They got something, you know, I would say similar to maybe Tim and I's where it's, you know, training partners. Tim's obviously the head coach. It's a little bit different. They're two top dudes in the bantamweight division. Um, I, was, I was mainly being silly, but hey, you never know. I mean, I'm in Vegas sometimes. You know, they're, they're, they live in Vegas. So, yeah, you never know. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, where did you get that coat? A lot of questions about it. Yeah, I got it at this thrift shop. This, uh, I think it was in Tucson. Um, I got that like this thrift shop, thrift shop a while back. Michael Jackson inspired. Yeah, yeah, it's a Michael. It's like a replica jacket. So it was, uh, you know, it smelled weird as hell after I got it back. Though I don't know if uh, Rab forgot to put deodorant on or something. It was like this weird, like Russian bo. I was like, holy shit. Georgian, Georgian. Oh shit! Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. Uh, will you ever wear it again? Um. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I never thought about it. Okay, all right. Um, never thought about that. By the way, too uh, deep of a question. Now, sorry, you know? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, tomorrow, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm going tonight, but uh, tomorrow is the uh, Jake Paul, Nathan Diaz uh, press conference. Uh, they're fighting Ooh. in August. It should be very interesting. I know you have, you know, you're cool with both guys. Uh, got love for both guys. Can I ask who you think wins that fight? Yeah, I was I was hoping you know their fight was a little later in August because that's one of those fights I would love to be at. Oh uh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know I'm glad the fight's continuing to happen. I, I know Nate was going through his own things. Obviously, you know I'm, I'm buddies with Jake, huge fan of Nate. I don't know how you couldn't be. Who do I think in that fight? Nate's been boxing such high level boxers his entire career, boxing, sparring, just straight boxing, working with boxing coaches for so long. Uh, I think Jake's going to be a little bit more bigger. I, I think he's going to be a little bit more powerful. Got it. But uh, you know, I, I, right now I I don't really know. I think it's I do think it's going to be a, more of a competitive fight than you know most people think. You know, I don't know what Nate's going to do much different than Anderson. I guess they have different styles, but both southpaws. Um, is it eight rounds? Eight rounds. Yeah, yeah. One eighty-five. Eight rounds. 185 seed jake jake's go jake's a big boy jake, yeah. jake has some serious power um and if you know nate's probably ready jake likes to set up that right hand and uh nate's probably got a pretty smart team how hard is nate going to train for this fight i think that's what it kind of comes down to i can't imagine him not taking it serious this is a massive fight him uh, you know he, he's not going to want to lose to jake paul you know like so i think you know he'll take this fight very very serious but um I'm excited for it. Very, very excited for this fight. So uh, in conclusion for you, um, it, 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 you're hoping it's in August. You want to get it out of the way. Let's go. You're ready to go. Um, you know, this could be one of his last 135 fights. He said the weight cut was tough. So hopefully it's not a problem. And you see you're obviously confident. 
Can, can I get an early prediction? What are you feeling? What are you sensing in terms of how this fight plays out? Um, you know, I, I believe I have the skills to get the job done as far as a prediction. I like to be in camp, like deep into camp, you know, deep into sparring rounds. Very, very, you know, like that, that's where I kind of get those, those, uh, you know, predictions. And okay. when you close your eyes, start seeing how the fight plays out. Uh, but I'm going to snipe this dude. I got to snipe this dude. He kind of, he's very funky. He walks forward and throws some, you know, weird shit off balance shit. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be, I got to be ready for that. And that's where I'm going to snipe him. I, I believe I have the tools to snipe him with his chin while he's walking forward like that. <clears throat> um, I'm excited to rewatch the fight on, from the TV mm-hmm. point of view and, uh, you know, kind of break it down from there. But, but I believe I can put his lights out. I do. Will you bring in guys to replicate his, his funky striking style or, or ask guys to do that? Like, do you think that's important? Yeah, I do. And we have at the MMA lab area, you know how many killers we got there. We got guys that are obviously looking, look at Marcus. Marcus just made his debut three days notice. Um, obviously not the same style, but that's, those are, we have guys like that that are ready to go on call, um, that can go out there and perform. You know, there, there's a kid I train with Ezra who's, you know, pretty similar style to Aljo. Um, I'd say he's a little bit more sharper on the feet, Pry. but, uh, you know, as far as grappling wise, you know, we got, we got that, that covered and the MMA lab is one of the best gyms in the world. So I'm not too worried about finding training partners. Awesome. Well, uh, appreciate you doing this, Sean. Thank you so much. Good luck to you in training. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Appreciate it very much. Ariel, peace out, brother. You're the Have man. A good one. You too. There he is, Sugar Sean O'Malley, the number one contender at 135 pounds, kind enough to join us off the bat after a busy Saturday for him. And uh, th- this is going to be, I mean, there's been a lot of big bantamweight title fights. We had Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber, obviously their history. Cruz and Dillashaw, Dillashaw Burrell, um Aljo Yan too was a Yan too was a big one. Um, this is this is going to be a big the one this past weekend. So there's, there's there's a rich history of big bantamweight title fights. I look forward to this one. This is going to be fun, and uh, I'm curious to see. Is that right? Yeah, all good. I'm curious to see how um, Aljo feels about turning around so quickly. Uh, three, three and a half, as uh, O'Malley uh, corrected me. Three and a half months. Now, in a matter of moments, we're going to be joined by arguably the greatest uh, bantamweight champion of all time, the face of the bantamweight division. We don't have him yet, right? Um, no, sir. No, in five minutes. Uh, that's Dominic Cruz still to come. Demetrius, jo- I mean, it's a who's who. Frank, I mean, is this not a who's who? This is massive. People are saying, oh, you're flipping. Who says that? It's just crazy, the disrespect. It's a very what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Demetrius Johnson, Yan Chanan, Matt Favola, and then the king of the weekend, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, but if I may, we appreciate the support very much. We're talking about the bantamweight division. The bantamweight division is on our mind. When I think of the bantamweight division, forever and ever, there will be one name at the top of the list, the face of the division, the person who put the division on the map. So many moons ago, the one and only Dominic Cruz, kind enough to join us. There he is. Hello, Dom. How are you? What's up, Ariel? Good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you for joining us for a few minutes on this Monday morning. Um, anytime I think of the Bantamweights, I think of you. And I'm sure you watched on Saturday. So off the bat, can I ask you, 
Uh, what did you think of the fight? What did you think of the main event? And and if you have an answer, who do you think won the main event between Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo? Uh, I thought it was a really te- technical battle. Um, and it was why I liked it is you don't usually see a grappling, a high level grappling match at bantamweight because it's just so hard to get a hold of us and like keep us in one space. And these guys are the are two of the best at it. So. By watching, well, I'd say Sterling is the best at it, and Henry is the best at stopping it, really. One of the best at stopping it because of his takedown defense and his wrestling. He always mixed in his takedowns offensively, but he wasn't super good. He never really needed to use his wrestling defensively. Uh, nobody's ever done that. So I loved getting to see Aljo go, I'm going to out-wrestle this guy because he thinks he can wrestle me. And he did. He out-wrestled Henry Cejudo and beat him at his own game. And I thought he won that fight 100%. Um, I thought that Henry had a good fight. I thought I didn't see it as a split. I saw it as unanimous because of the control and the shots that landed. I thought that um, Sterling landed and, and controlled the octagon more and didn't take as much and didn't take as much damage as, as it looked like. Like he just he didn't have as much physical damage as as Henry did. And according to the judging, they're judging on damage now not just points Mm. isn't it crazy so i thought the easiest round to score was the fifth i agree with your scorecard by the way i had it one two and four for sterling easiest round i think was cejudo in the fifth if Derek cleary gives cejudo that fifth round he gave it to sterling bizarrely enough cejudo wins the fight that was the that was the round isn't that crazy and that, it is crazy because Sterling didn't win that round. No. I know that. Yes. That's the one round I'm sure he didn't lose. He didn't win. That's the one round that if you're Henry, you're smart to make sure you win. Uh, that's the fight that that's the round that matters most for all of us. That's the round I'm looking to get to as well. That's the round we're all looking to get to and win. And he knew that. And that was the one round that I was like disappointed in Aljo. I was like, dude, you know, you got to win the fifth round. Like, don't give, you have this in the bag. Don't give the fifth. He gave the fifth. Mm. And I was like, Oh, why did you give the fifth? That made me nervous because it didn't matter if he won the first four. These judges these days are looking at the fifth and they're giving so much to the last thing they see. And that's it because that's what their brains can compartmentalizes the last thing they saw it's not apparently their brains can't go to the rest of the fight that's clear to give that round to aljo is crazy to me he didn't win that round but he won many other ones for sure um were you surprised going into and by the way you know that they go like round by round right so they can't are you you implying that they changed their scorecards afterwards no no no. i'm implying that i can't believe they gave yeah if you're going to give that round to sterling how and and where is your scoring as a whole? Oh yeah, if that's what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, got it. Like, what is going on right now? Like, I'm glad he won, but that tells us how lucky it was that he won, and that shouldn't have been luck. Mm-hmm. That was a unanimous decision to me, and it's just a we're lucky that MMA didn't get hit too hard by that because I think that it would have been really catastrophic to have Henry there compared to Sterling. I think Sterling's going to be much better for the 135 pound division as champion. I just think he's a more active, uh, shows himself as a, as a champion that I'm proud to say is a proud, I'm proud to say he's the champion of 35, the way he carries himself, hmm. the way that he uh, fights, the way that he shows respect, stuff like that. So it's cool to have him there. I'm, I'm glad he's champion. I mean, on the flip side, that's, a, that's an Olympic gold medalist. Catastrophic is a big word. 
Why, why do you feel like it would have been catastrophic? Well, because anybody who comes and wins the title and retires when they're in their prime is trying to dodge pressure. You're not, you're not, you're just trying to, dodge. like, think about this. If we're in a group of 50 people and we're all training, all of us MMA fighters, we're all in one room training. Let's just say it's a training session. And, and Henry knocks somebody out in the middle of that training session and then walks off the mat and lets us all train for the next three hours. And then he comes back after three hours and goes, okay, I'll give you guys a chance to compete with me today. He just rested for three hours hmm. while we all kept working in the USADA testing pool. And while all these guys are staring at us, drooling, ready to get that next spot. You know how much pressure that is? When I was, I had three knee blowouts, a, bro, a blown out shoulder, busted hands, and I'm in the USADA testing pool and I've got people calling me out every week telling me that I need to get out there and compete. That's a lot of pressure. Mm. This is the thing. This is what people dodge when they retire. They dodge the pressure. They dodge USADA coming to your house. They dodge the pool. They dodge the work. They dodge the heat. And I don't respect that. Aljo never dodged the heat. He stayed in it. He's still staying in it. I think that Henry would have dodged the heat and that would have been hard for the Bantamweight division. Why do you think it doesn't feel like Aljo gets the respect? You clearly respect him a lot, but from the public, why do you think that it doesn't seem like they respect him like they respected, say, you or Faber back in the day? Well, see, I don't think it, that's where it's different. I don't feel any of us have been respected. Like, I don't think you ever get respect. I don't think, I think that's made up. I think that we either respect ourselves, or you don't get respect. You can't look out for respect. It comes within and then you become the environment that people respect. I can't expect you to respect me if I don't respect myself. I can't expect you to respect me if I'm not in an environment to be respected. It makes no sense. So I respect myself. So I don't know why they don't respect Aljo in your interpretation. I think that a lot of people do respect Aljo. I think that if there's a knock on his style, not whether they respect him or not, I think the knock on his style might be that they don't understand. He doesn't take a lot of damage. He's hard to hit. I, uh, if you watch the tactics, when he um, shoots a shot, he stays on his knees and puts his hands on the ground. And he'll let the guy hold on top of his head because it's genius. It looks like he's losing and it could look bad to the common fan. But you can't knee him. You can't kick him. And if you have your hand on the back of his head and you let go to punch him, now he's up. Mm. So you have two choices. You squeeze him and do no damage. Give him a rest while he's there and you can't get behind him. So you're just on the front headlock squeezing him for nothing, using your arms up not scoring and he's resting or you let him go and then you get back to work, which is what he wants. So it's, he's so tactical. I think that people miss it. People miss how tactically sound Aljamain Sterling is. He clinches you at the perfect time. He punches you at the perfect time. He's never sitting still. He's always moving his feet. He's always switching stance. He's always moving his head. These are things that I utilize very heavily in my career. And the thing that he's added to what I've used is even more wrestling. So now, instead of that 50-50, we don't know what's going to happen, he's he's narrowed it down to like maybe, of a 25-minute fight, maybe 15 minutes of it, you don't know what's going to happen. And the other 15 minutes, you're grappling with Sterling. So it's like easier to see what's going to happen. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, absolutely. Were you surprised? It's very I smart. It's very tactical. And I think that sometimes people don't, that's why he get, they don't buy with this style maybe because it's just so intelligent. It keeps him from taking damage and he's getting the win at the same time as he's not taking damage. People want to see blood. Mm. I, I think Cejudo had only given up one takedown going into this fight and, and he was taking down four times. Were you surprised that Aljo had that much success? No, because I grappled with him. I trained with him a little before this fight. I got to get some work with him and I felt his tactics. That's why I'm able to tell you this. I see what he does. His stand-up is to get you to wrestle him. It's mm. not, his stand-up is not necessarily to stand up with you, but that's why it works because if you don't respect that, he'll also knock you out with a jump knee up the middle, a good high kick, or a good darting left hand or right hand, and you don't know which stance it's coming from. So the, the stand-up is enough stance switch and havoc that it keeps him going, and then the second you get close enough to actually really try to land your hands, he's wrestling you. So when you're in boxing range to land hands, he's wrestling. When you're in kick range to kick him, he's kicking you and moving and not getting hit. And so you're never in a in a place where you can really find your rhythm with him. How do you think Sean O'Malley will do against him? I think O'Malley's got incredible stand-up and he's got incredible um, gifts with his natural body length and range and all that and the stance switch and his athleticism i think the fact that he played basketball honest to god like really helps i played a lot of basketball that really helped me with, with a lot of jukes and fakes and all that stuff that he uses um and i think those will all help him but at the end of the day what sterling said i think is real like look at what he did to sam hagan mm. it's a similar matchup it's not that sterling can't wrestle it's just that it's not his first martial art if wrestling isn't your first martial art then Sterling's going to take you there. He's going to keep you in the place that's not your first martial art and make sure that you're uncomfortable and try to beat you with up by making you uncomfortable. And, I mean, you're telling me Sterling can't take uh, O'Malley's back one time around and just throw a figure four on and win by decision if he wants? I mean, I could go by. I, I would say he could do that if he wanted to right now. Just I could say verbatim, do that and win and go to decision. He has that option at any time, I think. Then the question is, can O'Malley stop him from taking him down and body locking him? That's literally the fight. We just That's the whole fight right there, if we want it. Then you switch it, and you go, can O'Malley land the knockout shot? That's what we're waiting for, right? That's the missing link. Is there any other way for O'Malley to win? The knockout or cut? Mm -hmm. I don't see him submitting him unless he rocks him and then submits him, mm -hmm. which in which case he still rocked him. So I see O'Malley knocking him out, Sterling submitting him or decisioning him with control. And that's how I see that fight. So after Saturday, um, that's 14 wins for Aljo, most in the bantamweight division, longest winning streak in bantamweight history, nine, most consecutive title defenses, three. Where does Dominic Cruz, the great Dominic Cruz, have him in the, uh, the list of all-time best bantamweights? Well, I mean, if you go by this, this, the stats on that, he's right. He's right there as one of the best to ever do it. Come on, I, I was the first one to ever uh, get the get the belt in this division, and um, I went undefeated for ten years. I went undefeated for a decade. I defended my title. Um, I don't know how long he's defended the title, but that's pretty hard to do. I don't care who you are and what sport. If you can stay on top, stay champion for a decade, uh, it's not easy. What Aljo's doing is also not easy to, to get three titles 
to have that many consecutive wins in this bantamweight division, which is the most competitive division in the UFC. He's amongst the greats. But what can you say by the numbers? I look at champions as who they carry themselves as. Do they stay in the fire? Do they dodge the heat? Aljo's all those things. I'm extremely proud, extremely proud to say that that's my champion at 135 pounds right now. Um, and the way that he's carried his career in the sense of staying active, staying in the heat, you know, even after that yarn loss, everybody, nobody counted, everybody counted him out. Nobody said he could do it. You know how much heat that was to go mm. do it again. And then now stay in the limelight after that. He didn't cut out and relieve the pressure again. He got back into the title picture right away. He's a stud. I, I got, I respect that. It's you, you could say whatever you want about his fighting ability and whether you like his fighting or not, but the guy stays in the heat. I respect that. I respect mm -hmm. the amount of pressure he's dealing with right now that he's staying in it. I think people don't talk enough about the amount of pressure that comes with that spot. And the reason that, and the way that you can prove how much pressure comes with it is when the likes of John Jones, George St. Pierre, and Henry Hudo, Henry Cejudo retire because of the pressure and then come back. That tells you how heavy this pressure is. Do you know what's next for you yet? Um, no, but I'm in the pool and everybody's calling me out every week while I'm calling fights. And that's my point. There's a lot of pressure there. I'm not retiring and taking a break or getting out of the testing pool to recover. Mm -hmm. I'm staying in the heat. It's not easy, but that's what we're doing as athletes. That's what Sterling's doing. That's what I respect about him as champ. Uh, there was some talk maybe of you and Cody too. Do you have interest in this? Um, right now I don't have a fight booked or lined up, but I have interest in, uh, in fights. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I have interest in fights. Something's going to happen. I, I don't want to lead too deep into it, but okay. we're, we're going to work into stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you think you'll be back this, this summer? I'm looking to fight. I want the goal is to fight this year. Um, we'll put it, we'll leave it with that, but yeah, I mean, I'm older. I don't have tons of fights left in this game. Let's be honest. You know, mm -hmm. I like how Gaethje said it. Gaethje's like, I got a couple more fights. I'm going to give it everything I have. And, you know, the reason why Gaethje says that, and I respect it, is because he knows he puts his body on the line so heavily, right? So nobody questions why he would only why he would say that, huh? Yeah. I feel like that's why he say it, right? Right. I, I'm no different. My body has been on the chopping block. I put it on the line for, for my fans, for my people, for the sport, because I love it and I love you guys. So, yeah, I got I think I have one, two more probably, but I want to make them happen and I want to be healthy when they happen, if they happen. Do you have a dream last fight? Uh, no. I mean, obviously it was the title. I was on my way up to that, and then I lost that fight in the fourth round. That was my, like, that was my, my last good hoorah run and then unless i stay busy enough like song Yidong and these guys are staying a little bit more busy than me because they're a little younger a little healthier probably um they're moving up faster in the rankings by staying more active so mm. my chances of getting back up to the title are come from one of these fights that i take i need to have an incredible showing and so the way that i can have an incredible showing is by being healthy being 100 percent me like I was for uh, Pedro and I was for Vera as well. Um, and then showing up that person and then 
we'll see what can happen from there. And that person can get a title shot with the right performance. So I'm more, more, more focused on the person I can be rather than the person I'm fighting. And then that everything will happen on it on its own from there. Cause I know what I am. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Just curious. Um, and you may think I'm crazy for asking this literally after you just said that, but which one would mean more to you to, to get back Cody or Henry? Uh, both, man. It's not crazy to ask, by the way. It's good that you ask because these are the questions fans want to know. And um, when you lose, you know, I've really focused because I haven't had a lot of losses in my career, so I've had to learn about loss. I, I go, I'll go into this again. It might sound crazy to people, but this is how I have to think, so I'm going to tell you. Um, I've won so much. Why do, I've, I've even won fights and been disappointed with myself, like mad because I took so much damage. And so I've been sad with win and I've been happy when I've lost. I've been like, Oh, you did so much. I'm so proud of you, Dom. Like the fact that you did that with the circumstances is incredible. Nice work. So those two dichotomies, first of all, gave me a different, I was like, how did that just happen? How was I mad with the win? This is weird. What my psychology is doing to me. Then I realized you can't have the win without the loss. You can't have the loss without the win. That makes them one and the same, right? Does it not? Mm-hmm. Like if I never have a loss, if loss never exists to any of us in the world again, then what is a win? What does it even mean? Right. It means nothing. So in losing the gift that I've gotten from martial arts is in losing, I've realized I attach a lot to loss. I make, I attach a lot of my, uh, who I am to, to, to my results, uh, naturally as a human. And I don't want to, it doesn't work to do that. So I am not my results. My ego tells me I'm my results. So when I lose, it's, it's a question of how do I separate from my ego? Because I needed my ego for the fight. I don't need my ego out of the fight. I need life out of the fight. So when I come out of the fight, the key is switch off to ego, use that loss as whatever I can for my regular life to motivate me. And then when it's time to activate the ego, put that away and, and train through it, create the trust and the faith back with my ego in winning and practice to get rid of all those doubts. And my ego builds back up and I go back out there and use it to win because you got to have it to, to compete at the highest level. But I am not my results. So while I need the win, I don't absolutely need it. You know, I can also be okay with the loss and learn from it. And the real thing is both those losses hurt me, but... I also learned from them. And now if they hurt me so bad, then what, then I'm taking away from my wins because it's like, I can't attach more to a loss than I do a win. Why would I, I, I win. And then I just scoot right over it and go to my next. All right. Yeah. You won. Good job. And that's what I do. But why, when I lose, do I hold on to it for years, mm. months, a lifetime? Why do I hold so much? Why do I attach so much to it? If they're equal, if I can't have one without the other, why am I attaching so much to the loss? And what's doing that? Is it me or is it my ego? And which one am I? And which one matters? And which one do I need to work now? And so these are the questions I get with those losses. And so, yeah, they're both equal to me. They both sucked. But they both, if they sucked, I made them suck. I attached the relevance to them. So what else could they be if winning didn't suck? Why is winning okay and losing isn't if they're equal? So this is the gift I get from those losses. This, these are the questions I get to be in. And um, 
it allows me to move out of my results, being my results. If, imagine if we all attached to our results, what, what a wreck we would, what wrecks we would be because we don't always win. This is why I love having you on the show so much because you take a question like that and, and turn it into this deep response, which I appreciate, very sincere as well. Um, c- could I also ask, um, all right, so uh, I saw these photos of you and Faber and you and Cody at some sort of like expo or something. It looked like you were, this was beautiful. It warmed my heart. Could you tell us, you know, was this just a photo op or did you guys talk? I mean, you and Faber in particular, that was that was really special to see. What What, what happened there? Well, it goes back to, like I said, you guys, are, all the fans get to see the transformation of martial arts in these moments in the sense of when I met Faber, I couldn't stand him. I didn't have any of these mindsets that I have now through losing and winning over the years, decades of doing this. Like I've learned to shift my perspective to everything that I just said. And if I don't attach more to a loss than I do a win, if I attach more to a loss than I do a win, then I also can't face Faber or Cody. And so it's a personal thing for me to step into the fire and face these guys and say, if, if you really don't attach more to the loss than the win, then you get to be with these people and find a way to make it work. Mm. And you're at a wrestling tournament. We're all just in the name of competition there as fans, essentially. It was almost a perfect breeding ground to create, a, you know, a neutrality. Mm -hmm. because we're all there as fans watching the sport that got us all into the martial arts sport which is wrestling wrestling is the first original mixed martial art and or sorry wrestling is the first original martial art and then mixed martial arts came later and we're all in mixed martial arts but we all started in wrestling so to get to see them there have a conversation i got to put you know put the let's set the ego aside i don't need it in real life we're not fighting here, so I don't need it. Now, if they go, okay, Cody and Faber, we're all going to square off on Mass 7. Well, they're not going to get that same picture, are mm-hmm. they? It's mm-hmm. a different Dom they're going to get. So that's just the difference. What do I need to be to make it work in every scenario so that my life flows and I'm not just some meathead trying to smash everybody I see because I'm the same guy in the cage as I am outside of it? That's not what champions get to be. The, the gift we get as champions is the wins and the losses, the martial arts journey, so that we can learn not to be the same way we are in the cage in life. Do you talk to Faber when you see him? Like, did you guys have a nice chat, or is it just the photo? We t- I talked to them. We're cool. Yeah. Um, and if we ever compete again, I think it'll be cool, but it'll still be competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you it. You know, it's like, it's... Um, respect is there but you know when it comes down to it when it's time to go to life and death it's life and death hmm. by the way uh and that's the way it is oh, one, one last one for you uh henry if he sticks around and fights the likes of marab how do you how do you see that going i like that fight for marab because uh if you look at the pace that sterling kept with the wrestling that's the same pace that marab's gonna keep and so it doesn't give a lot of uh, openings for Henry to let his hands and his kicks go, which is where he seems to be the most comfortable right now. Okay. Uh, by the way, I like the beard very much. It's a nice look. Thanks, man. Yeah. Let's just be the light. I've been having it for a while. I know. It looks a little longer, a little, you know, a little salt and pepper. I don't I'll know. I'll take it's, it. Hey. It's, it's nice. I'll, I'll take it. You're the man. Thank you for the comment. Thank very you, Dom. Awesome. You're the man. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to seeing you back out there. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'll be on the air a lot. I'll be covering fights in Charlotte. I'll be covering fights at the Apex. Remember, I'm doing two, three jobs while everybody else is doing one. 
<laughs> I love it. Thank you, Dom. Talk to you soon. See you guys out there. Love there, you. There's, there's the great Dominic Cruz. Uh, I mean, he gets deep there. Frank, I think there was a lot of lessons for you there, if I'm going to be honest. You know, I know you were kind of, you know, Picked hung up, up on, on every single one. I think you were hung up on the audio. And remember, like the audio, you know, I know that kind of defined your character at times, but Thanks. you can't get hung up on the losses. You know, there's a lot of wins. The fact that people can hear me. Sure, I can't hear myself at times or the uh, the guest or there's buzzing or Oof. it's the fact Wrinkly that... Wrinkly headphones? Yeah, you know? Whose um, water bottle is that today? Is this annoying sound? Uh, no, it's pleasant. Everyone loves it. <laughs> it's my, you know, good luck Poor for the kids. squad. Good luck for the squad today. Three o'clock, here we go. I can't believe that, uh, you know, we're an hour and a half in and it's only one thirty. you know? Yeah, it's a little surreal. Isn't that weird? I think so. Yeah. Um. Hey, guess who's here? Oh, the mouse? Yeah. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, there he is. Here I come to save the day. My goodness, mighty mouse is on the way. Never. <laughs> it would be great if you could just sit right here. What a legend. Headlines the first one championship card in the US of A. US of A and uh, that was in Colorado, of course. Great week for that venue. First the uh, BKFC card and then the one championship card. One championship card was a lot of fun. Like I said, a little something for everyone. A little Muay Thai, <clears throat> a little grappling, and then one of the greatest of all time, Demetrius Johnson stamps it with a win over Adriano Marais in the trilogy. There's no debate anymore. He's the better man. What a win. Size difference blows me away. Anyway, without further ado, let us say hello to the great Demetrius Johnson. Hello, DJ. How are you? What up, Ariel? Uh, what is up? Yes, congratulations. Good. So happy for you. Considering how the first fight went, considering how the second fight went, how, how would you define the feeling that you had after that win? Uh, that was a big one for you. There was a lot at stake, big show for the company. How did you feel after that win? Uh, I felt great. You know, obviously I wanted to finish. You know, Adriano is so durable, and he did a good job not overextending with the counter hook like he did in the second fight. And, yeah, I was grateful. I thought my clinch was really good, the stuff that we worked on, like defending the takedown and uh, not running into the elbow this time and slipping off on an elbow and throwing a lot of knees. Uh, it was good. Are you happy that you don't have to think about this guy anymore? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think sometimes when you, you focus on one opponent for so long, it almost kind of doesn't stunt your growth growth for fighting. But, you know, like I said before, we fought in August and we're fighting in May. So it's only a nine-month turnaround. So it's not – in MMA months, it's very quick. That's a quick turnaround. Like it's like somebody gets surgery and you're back in there, right? So for me, it, it, it's going to feel good. But I'll, I love that I got to fight him because he's probably the biggest guy that I ever fought, and in the past, I've always struggled with guys who have been bigger than me, like Dominic, Tim Elliott, uh, I think those two, uh, Miguel Torres, but now I feel like I've added that piece to my game about how to close that distance on guys who have the reach advantage. Do they tell you how much he weighs on fight night? Um, no, I know I, I know he didn't gain more than uh, 10%, because I weighed 140 after fight night. Um, I had my cup on, too, so I'll probably weigh 139 or whatever. And if you weigh more than that, you're gonna get you're gonna get penalized. So he, he 
he said he has to get no bigger than 145, which I believe him. So he's just tall and, and just a big, big frame. Right. Okay. Did they weigh you at the arena? Where, like, where does that go down? In the back. In the after, back. After you fight, you go. We did our drug test with USADA, and then they weighed us, and they marked it all down, and I came in at 140. Like, it's funny because the day after wins, day of the fight, I, went, I woke up at 136.4, but I also cut to 133. Uh to weigh in so i cut too much and then i weighed in the morning of the fight 136 drank my water ate my food my, my carbs my salmon and then yeah when after the fight weighed 140 how does that happen you've been in this game for so long and you you cut too much that shit happens man like i do all my own dieting my wife does like all my my food prep uh leading up to the fight and then fight week i just stay on the same type of thing and then you know i was just in the tub doing my my cut, watching some stuff on YouTube. And next thing you know, I jumped in the sky. I was like, ah, shit, 133. Oh, well. It is what it is. I drink some water. <laughs> what do you What do you watch while you cut weight on YouTube? Um, I was watching a little bit of Hiro Hudo stuff. I was watching some uh, Meat, Meat, Meat Canyon stuff. Uh, yeah, just all What's Meat stuff, Canyon? Man. Don't, don't. It, I don't know. I, okay. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Does it have to do with actual meat? I don't know. It doesn't. Okay. It's just, I, I, I'll text you some stuff and you, you make up your, you make up your own mind what it is. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and I'm going to ask you about Henry in a moment, but just back to your fight, uh, getting to fight in America for the first time in so long since the Henry fight, right? What was that like for yeah. you? No long flight, all that, like, did your body feel any different? Man, at the end of the day, it felt great just to have the family there. Yeah. Right? Just my wife, the kids, in-laws, all my friends. Uh, that was probably the most amazing part about the the whole weekend is, you know, I, I was, I've been saying this the whole lead up is that a lot of my friends, my inner circle, they don't watch mixed martial arts. They don't even fight. They don't even train. And for them to come all together for me shows you how much, you know, they got love for, for me. And it's cool to bring everybody together, right? It's like I'm a glue and brings all of us together. We had a great time, you know, after the fight, we went to the park, watched the kids play. And then we went to go watch, uh, you know, Henry compete. So it, it was good. That was the biggest thing. But as far as the elevation in Colorado, I saw great. I went out there. It's all great. It was amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, and by the way, I, I, forgive me if I asked you this, but your kids, all of them, um, you said the two boys were there, but not the daughter, right? Uh, not Tanith, no, but she watched um, at, the, at the Airbnb. Um, but the, the boys, had they ever been to a fight before? Uh, the first time. Wow. First time. And what what was their takeaway? Uh, Maverick, he's all about it. I mean, Tyron's all about it too, but Tyron's very emotional. Uh, he, you know, we got in there, he started crying. He goes, yeah. I'm so glad you are. And then Maverick was like, yeah, let's go, baby. That's what we do. We got to stand up. <laughs> he, he's a WWE fan. He's yeah. like, you got, you got hit him like this, baby. Stun him. So they're super grateful. Um, I told him to go wish uh, Adriano congratulations because they compete too. And I tell him at the end of the day, you know, it's about respect to your opponent, being respectful, being humble. And you never know when your day's going to come too. So always, you know, carry yourself, you know, like a good competitor. When, when you saw how emotional your son uh, got afterwards, how did that make you feel? Um, felt fine. I know how he is. That's He's, he's a very emotional uh, character. He, he He's very emotional. And that's a trait that he gets from his mom. And it's not a bad trait. It's, it's a very strong trait, to be honest with you. Um, I'm starting to understand how to... Uh, listen to my emotions and be able to speak them. So time just wears his heart on his sleeve and he knows it's a big thing. And yeah. Did it make you emotional? 
no, 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 no. I, I visualize myself um, when I, you know, I go through a lot of visualization. The one that made me emotional was like, if I would have won, if I would have finished him, I probably would have jumped out of the cage and go give my kids a hug. But that was also my visualization was that I didn't see my kids the whole time leading up. But like once they got to Colorado, I basically did all my obligations with one with the interviews. And I drove right out there to see him, took him swimming, kind of got back in that life, that, that, that lifestyle as my, as a dad, Ken was like, dad, you gotta put my goggles on. I'm like, ah, just like, oh, already yelling at dad. I've been here for 15 minutes. So that, that kind of broke the ice for me. So I think I've already gone 20 days or 18 days without seeing him, like FaceTime or helping him get their shoes on. I think I'll probably be a little more emotional, but you know, I saw them like lean up to the fight, like the day of the fight, I think. So did that not stress you out at all? The fact like when you're dead, they don't care, right? That you're about to fight. You know, I know the older ones do, but like you said, your daughter to balance the two and not be a thousand percent locked in, or is that kind of a blessing? That's a blessing for me. Like it's a blessing for me because I feel that, you know, like I said, fighting is only 25, I was only 25 minutes of my life. And now I'm back home. I'm in the front yards picking the weeds up. Cause I've been gone for 20 damn days doing laundry. So I'm just, I'm right back in the, the things. I made a kid's lunch, made a breakfast. I mean, we're right, right, we're right back to where we started, you know? I love it. I love it. Um, can I just ask you, uh, some, you know, some criticism of Herb Dean throughout the fight? How did you feel about Herb? You know, I, I thought Herb did a good job. I, I told him back. At the end of the day, Herb Dean's job is to make sure nobody dies in there. I tell him that every single time. And, and, and he did a good job. And I understand there's, there's parts of the time in the fight where he's trying to push the action. And I am, too. You know, Adrian's a, a bigger body. He did a good job of locking me down. And that's why I was trying to throw all those knees. And after seeing some of the replays, I just, just inches, inches from like just that KO blow knee to the face. Um, but but he did a good job. You know, I did my best to try to stay active in there, get heavy on the arm, push the arm away, throw an elbow, throw a knee, throw a high knee. And then when he backed up, I was right on him to, to begin with. I could have been a more, I think I could have been a lot more aggressive, like with my hands. But when you get no shootouts, all it takes is one time and you're going to get dropped. So... But yeah, I thought Herb did a good job. I mean, he kept pushing the pace. He kept he kept us, you know, active, and he never broke us up. I felt like he never broke us up when I had him to the cage. But each time Adriana had me to the cage, and I'm trying to move and elbow, he would break it up. Probably because it was seen enough action from Adriana. Like I'll have to go back and watch it to look at that specific part, like him not why he kept breaking us up. Uh, what did you overall? What did you think of? Uh... You know, one's debut in America, it felt like a big deal. There was a lot, you know, it felt like a lot at stake, a lot of attention on you guys, a lot of attention on you, big spotlight on you. You're the guy, you're the, the most recognizable face on the card in terms of it. And then the crowd seemed really into it, like the grappling they were into, Rod Tang they were into. I know you're getting ready for your fight, but what was your um, impression of their big debut in America? I think they killed it, to be honest with you. I think the biggest thing is, you know, one championship does a good job of packaging very well, like the entrances, the fireworks, the actors. It, it's different from everything else here in, in North America, PFL, LFA, UFC, you name it. And it's a little bit different. And I think to give the fans something else besides, you know, just mixed martial arts, like with the Muay Thai, the submission grappling, you know, you got Rotolo Brothers, you got Mikey Michi, you have Rod Tang, you have Sam Fairtex. The, the, the cool thing about... I always said this, like you can, you can hype somebody up, but if they can't fight, then it's just a waste of time, right? Like our product is good. Like Rod Tang and everybody on the card can fight. Like the Roberto Sar- 
the RoboCop fight was amazing. I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to give us the platform where we're going to perform. Mm. That, that's that title, and I think One Champion does a good job of packaging it together and giving it to the audience. Do you think your your next fight will be, if there is one, do you think it will be in America? Um, if there is another one, yeah, I, I would I would hope so. Uh, I, I I love it. It's great, shorter flight. You know, there's only a couple of commissions in our area that in our area in our in North America that do our 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 rule set with the hydration and the needs to ground an opponent. So yeah, we'll see. So I think a lot of people were wondering, okay, what's gonna happen? You win the fight, is he gonna take off the gloves, this or that? But you told us on the show you'll never do that. You're gonna talk to your wife afterwards, you'll do it over coffee like Eddie Alvarez said. It's been a couple of days since the fight. <laughs> it's been a couple of days. Come on, I didn't, when's that coffee? <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, it's crazy because, like, when I think about it, you know, like me and my wife haven't even had the chance to even like sit down and like just like, ah, yeah, yeah, right. Like, we haven't had a chance to even spend time with each other because, you know, in the very beginning of my career, it was just me and her, so it was a lot easier to spend time with each other. But now it's like. You have three little ones that come home and, you know, tenants, she's all playing fairy and you got Maverick. He's, he wants Cody Rhodes, American Nightmare, and you got Tyron. He's pissed off because he can't go to school, school today because the power's out. So I got three different, you know, emotions people I have to take care of. And then I have a wife. So we haven't even talked about it. We maybe talked about it for a hot split second, but that was it. So like I said, you know, and I got, I got my, my plate is full of things I have to do before I can think about that. So yeah, unfortunately there's no update. Okay. So it would, it would it be fair to say that you are undecided. That may have been your last yeah. fight. It may not have been. Yeah. Well, I think it's fair to say I, I'm undecided. Like the thing is, is, you know, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm still, I still move. I still move great. I still feel great. I mean, the weight cut was easy. I mean, I mean, 133. I mean, the training was great. I mean, week four, week five was a little bit rough. You know, I mentioned that in the press conference. But other than that, I mean, like, it's, it's still undecided, you know? Okay. Um, would would it be fair to say you're leaning in one direction over the other? No. I, 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 I have not I've not had the time to even think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how, where I'm at right now. Like, when I first came home and I pulled in the driveway, you know, the first thing I fucking saw? Saw some goddamn weeds. I was like, I didn't get some weeds up. Yeah. But that's... I mean, you remember after USC 197? You remember what I did when I came home? Fuck. No, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I did. I came home and I pressure washed the fence. Oh, that, of course. That's a classic story. I love that story. <laughs> you love that story. I was like, the HOA is going to get my ass if I don't pressure wash this fence. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I'm home and I'm getting these weeds up. So once once everything settles, you know, I know the spotlight's still on me. You know, once you had an amazing weekend and I was super grateful to come out there with a W. I was super grateful to share the cage with Adrian Marais, I mean, he was the longest reigning uh, champion in that division. So for me to be able to knock him out and then go out there and just, I felt, I mean, it's kind of weird because I know it's a unanimous decision, but I think one of the judges gave him one of the rounds or whatever. I'm not sure. But yeah, I felt like I, I won it by a landslide. Like there was nothing he yeah. did that endangered me when he would shoot. I defended the takedown when he would catch my kicks. I would defend the takedown with my deep, with my balance. So I'm trying to see that, like, wh- where was he? You know, maybe him putting his body on me. Maybe that's – they could give him a round, but that's kind of hard to because they don't score a round. So how do you do, you know, 49, 47? It's so weird, though. Yeah. 
any by the way, anyone at one Chatri, I know Mad Hume, obviously you're super close with tell you what they want you to do or say, Hey, can you consider this? No, not at all. Like okay. I talked to Matt a little I talked to Matt a little bit about it, but he was like, We'll see. He was like, even after my last fight when I I beat Adriano the the, the second fight. He goes, you do whatever you want. He was like, you, you've done everything. Like, right. there's nothing left for you to prove. Um, and then, same thing. I went home, did my own thing. You know, like, hey, they want you to fight Adriano again. I was like, okay, sounds good. I'll do it, you know? So, but this is before I started letting my emotions come out and listening to my emotions. Like, what are you going to do after you're done fighting? Like, you need to start working on other projects to, you know, do after that. Like I said, that's why I want to talk to GSP because I felt there was a point in time where he could have kept continuing to fight. But, you know, he started acting in, you know, the Marvel movie, he's doing all other stuff. So I'm like, why, you know, I just need to talk to him and talk to athletes. I, I'll even talk to John Jones. That's all he said that he was like, after I beat Stipe, he goes, I think I'm going to retire. And I'm like, he didn't make so much more money. He goes, well, fortunately for me, I made pay-per-view points. So I made, I had $10 million to bank when I fought DC the second time. So I don't, I just think to hear, to have that conversation, um, with somebody in my in my sport of mixed martial arts. I love yeah, you mentioned that in the post fight press conference, Habib, GSP. So you're just gonna like call these dudes up and be like, hey, can we talk for a sec? Yeah, I'm gonna reach out to them and see if they'll, you know, I love I'll it. probably reach out via, you know, Instagram and then see if they respond and they're like, hey, you know what if I uh pick your brain on something? I'm I'm I wanna just know where you're at. And I'll even and I'll even talk to Matt about it too and see like what what he thinks too and just just go from there. Can you film that? I mean, you and GSP talking about that? I mean, I'd pay top dollar for that. No, that'd just be something for me, me and him. All right, fair enough. Um, they... I, I bet you Michael, Michael Walter was like, dude, yeah. you got to film that. That's going to kill it on the souls. Kill it on YouTube, bro. 100%. Uh, they, they brought in uh, Akhmatov afterwards. And I mean, talk about a guy who's like towering over you. Jeez Louise, look like a welterweight. How did you feel about that? Business. It's all business. But does, do you take away from the moment? I mean, there you are with your kids, your family, and all of a sudden this dude walks in there and he's towering over you. No, no, no. Like, if they started getting, like, you know, shoving and all that stuff, but yeah, then then I think I would have been pissed because it's like, you know, I'm trying to show a great example for my kids. My two kids are standing there, my wife's standing there. You know, I'm sure someday in my children's life, someone's going to get in there, in front of their face, right? And I was like, you know, just, you ain't going to put your hands on them, but they put your hands on you. Yeah. Then, you know, you have my blessing to whoop that ass but right that didn't happen so for me it's business you know uh, my job was done my job was to be adriano and you know i shout out to all the partners out there gave the thanks to everybody and then they wanted to put him in there and we did it so does this interest you at all this fight mm, i mean kind of kind of doesn't i mean like i said as as a competitor absolutely it, it interests me right because he's on a six fight win streak um, you know, he was a champion. Him and Adrian went one and one. So as a competitor, it interests me. As a businessman, I, I, I got to look at it as like, you know, how, what can we make from this? Is there something else we can do that's going to make more money? Is there something else we can do that's going to bring more buzz, right? Like to this day, even Chachi said it, my fight against Rotting has been the most watched fight under one championship's uh, whole library, right? So... I, I, I gotta start looking at this as a business mindset instead of as a competitor. As a competitor, yeah, I want to fight everybody in the whole fucking division, right, right. right? But a competitor doesn't, you know, go off in the sunset, you know, doing all types of things. They keep on fighting and fighting and fighting. So that's why you have you, you, you got to have that balance. Uh, I saw you watching Henry's fight. You're very close to him. 
you tweeted that you thought he won three um, two. Yep. Do, do you still stand by that? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I I did see how they gave it to Aljo. Um, I haven't talked to Henry about it yet. I don't want to give away like the things I think. Like, like I'm a, I'm a Pierce because I'm a, I'm a Pierce, but I also keep it real, and he keeps it real with me too. Like after I fought Adrian the, the second time, he goes, "Didn't I tell you last not to kick?" And I was and I was like, "Okay, Henry, yeah, I fucking kicked him. He took me down." And he was like, "I told you he's gonna take you down. You kick him." And I was like, "What do I do? Not kick? Like fighting? I'm like." I kicked him, and with me kicking him, he taking me down. I busted him up. Then I showed that fake left, and he tries to grab it. And I, you know, I, so we're two different animals. Where me, I, I just go out and I fight. And he, he goes out there and I fight too, but he's so much more strategic. And, you know, he has a distance. Where for me, I'm like, fuck this. I don't care about it. I'm going. So, but um, yeah, I, I thought he gave it 3 2. Um, looking back and when I was my feelings, like going into the final round, I thought it was, I had it tied. I had, two for Henry, two for Aljo. And I felt like Henry did enough. Like when he got that, and that's a thing though, right? Like, you know, I'm judging it off of like my feelings, you know, one championship because there's times where Aljo, I will say this, Aljo does a great job. He, one, he did an amazing job. I didn't account for Aljo's wrestling for Aljo to get him down like that, right? And I know Aljo is a better grappler than Henry because he got his back and was trying to, you know, get the hooks in, right? So... Um, but going to that final round when he, Henry got that takedown, ran him to the cage, the effort he did to that um, was good. But I, I would have to go back and watch it like, and be like a judge. But yeah, like the thing that Aljo did good was like he would shoot, Henry would defend it, and then Aljo would stay there. He, was, he would stay as a grounded opponent. And I'm like, need that mother. He stopped. Like for me, I get pissed. I'm like, you're fucking stalling, my man. Like you should get need in the fucking face. Like, and, and 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 for me, Henry, I'm like, Henry, fucking circle behind him. Like, don't just take quarter Nelson. Get body lock, throw him over and circle and pass his guard. Or circle behind him and start making a punch. Then if he gets up, then he gets up. But don't just let him the fuck up. Like, so that was like like me. Like, and for me, I know me and Aljo, I have nothing but love for Aljo. Nothing but respect. Even when he got blasted from Peter Yarn, like when he was down there and Peter Yarn was like, need him, right? And then I got need. I was like, yeah. Like it's it's a sport I'm in. So when I see that, I'm like, like I did a reaction video, and I'm like, neat, neat. I'll just like this. <laughs> but he does a good job of utilizing that. That uh, he shoots, Henry stuffs it, he stays down there, and I'm like, that's he he never got punished for that. Mm. That's where Henry kind of dropped the ball. Like he should have either circled behind him or stuck, 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 and shuck him by and whatnot. But this is my opinion. You know, I gave it away. I was going to talk to Henry about that, but you got my feelings. Freak. I love it. That was so fire. good. That was so good. Thank you for sharing so, that. Yeah. No one's watching. Uh, Don't worry. Yeah, I know. Right. So, but yeah, it was a great fight. I mean, like I said, I didn't count for, and I also didn't account for Henry's, uh, like Henry's so, so disciplined with the distance and controlling it. Like you see Henry, he's sitting there controlling it, waiting for Aljo to bite. And who knows if Henry actually, and I know what it's like when you get in there with someone who's kind of funky, like Aljo, like the long arms, the kicks, and all that stuff. Um, I've been in there with Dominic Cruz, and he was very unorthodox, I shouldn't say. Um, by the way, I, I love that breakdown so much. I am very disappointed, though, um, that you, like, I thought you were, you were going to be, after my second Adriano fight, and I thought we were going to get a Henry I- impression there of him telling you what not to do, and you just went 
Demetrius talking, you know, like I love the D- uh, Demetrius, you know, like the, I thought we were going to get one there and you did, you, you, you robbed us of it. That's the best. I thought I told you not to kick or I can't do it as well as you, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I know. And, and the hardest thing, like, it, it's hard because it's, we have, like, I'm so grateful that I got to train with him because I felt like my wrestling's gotten so much better and, and how to understand takedown defense and how to move any, any, you know, obviously with my team and that, but sometimes you can't, I can't test what we worked in my gym unless I go to Arizona and test it with their guys. Like, so when I go to Arizona and I start training with Henry, yes, we're vibing off each other, but I'm also testing my, my, I'm sharpening my tools without hurting them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm walking forward and I'm like, please shoot. Take me fucking down. Because if you take me down, what are you going to do? You're going to pass my guard? Like, good luck. Or are you going to you're going to ground and pound me? from your, You're not winning the fight by punching me. You got to pass. try to pass my guard and submit me. So I love to see you try. And they don't. And it's like, okay, I get back on my feet. I keep walking forward, throwing my knees. So um, that's one of the things I want to work with Henry is just getting him better about, like, you can manage the distance. But you the distance, if you're going to play that distance game, like what he was doing, Aljo, he would sit there and manage to measure that distance and wait and wait. And Aljo knew that. So Aljo would use his range and his length and his kicks. And then once Aljo, once he made Aljo take a bad shot, right, he would shoot, Henry would defend and let him go. Instead of he defend and he lets him go on him, throw that knee, right hand, left kick, he shoots again. And then the clinch game comes and you start elbow, your knee and a shoulder bump. Like that's the game that I want Henry to get. But it, you can't do it over two weeks or three weeks. It's like a long time. Right. You got to be, that's how I'm like, that's how I fight. It's like, I want you to shoot. I want you to take me down because when you do, good luck passing. And if you do pass, I'm getting up and I'm right back on you. And then when you overextend it, then I'll, then I'll get that shot that you're looking for. Then the distant management becomes even easier because he doesn't know if I'm going to come forward. He doesn't know if I'm going to stay on the outside. You know, it's, I mean, I can see her all day talk about this. Oh, and that's, that's why I love about working with him because we sit there and, we're, and we respect each other's insight, right? And that's why I love working with them. And, you know, I mean, the cringe thing, I mean, when he's doing the cringe thing, it's just to get people to tune in and watch the fight. But I tell you what, Demetrius, he probably make, I, he probably make, he probably make good money on that man. You know, like he said, I respect the fact that he's all in or, or, or nothing. He's the fucking best. I'm not just doing the shit to fight. Fuck the crowd. I'm, I'm here to move mountains, man. Is so good. Uh, one last one. Could I ask? Because the break- by the way, these breakdowns are incredible, and this is what you do on your YouTube channel, right? So, no, I mean, mine's more uh, the gaming stuff. I, it's gaming stuff. I could do it, but it's very hard because it's a conflict of interest. Why? Um, Why is it a conflict? Because it, well, it's because I'm, I'm. If I break down those fights, it's more. It's more of the UFC fights, and I don't like to break down the fights that I I have. Um, skin in the game. What I mean by skin in the game is that actually I I watch. You know, Henry and those guys, you know, I think they do a great job on their YouTube channel about breaking down all the fights, giving their insight on it. I've actually trained with Henry. I know his skill set. I know what he can do. I know what he can accomplish. And he even, I mean, I could do it, but I just don't want to cross that bridge, you know, working under one umbrella. I and get it. Talking about the other athletes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, could I do it? Absolutely, I I have oh, so good at it. You're so good at it. What about on the broadcast? Why don't you do uh, the one broadcast? No, I, I thought about doing it. Yeah, I, I thought about it. Um, you know, like I said, it's good to have options, as a great Conor yeah. McGregor said. It oh, is it's good to have options. 
it's, it's not always based on fighting. I know I'm intelligent enough. Um, I have great charisma. I know I can go do other things to make money. So now I'm just deciding what, what, what do I want to keep on fighting and run my body to the dirt? Or do I just want to use my analyst hat and do other things? So we'll see. By the way, did you see Connor's breakdown of the fight? He posted a video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Look. Oh my God. You do something like this. And you go like this. <laughs> I thought out like, uh, fuck it, Connor. Good for you. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, all, it's all fun and games because, like I said, you know, when I talk to Henry, he goes, dude, don't kick him. He's going to take you down. You're absolutely right. You know, I think with the things that Henry says, I think it's actually legitimate stuff that all of us can learn from, right? We all can learn something from everybody. Like, I learned a lot from Connor, the way he manages distance and he throws real power, everything he has, you know. But for Connor, I think, you know, I, there's a whole bunch of shit I can tell. One second, baby. There's a whole bunch of stuff I can tell Connor um, in a little bit. There's a whole bunch of stuff that uh, I can tell Connor to do. But you say hello to everyone. Hi. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, we'll get it in a second, okay? This was the okay, last go, go question. Forward. This was the last question. Yeah, I, I think, like, you know, even for my skills, that, like, there are things I can learn from Connor from, like, the business aspect and how to make, you know, do your own you know, whiskey or tequila. And there's things that I can teach Connor where it's like, dude, like there's so much stuff you can, I can bring to this. You know, but I, I think it was funny. Just, you go fucking like this, you go like this. I, I'm like, I was laughing my ass. He goes, your face, your face. You know, but you look at the resumes, Henry Cejudo is way better than Connor's resume, you know. But in the day, it's it's based on what people want. Like, does Connor want to have the, he became a champ champ, but he never defended the belt. Does he want to, you know, keep on winning? I mean, I mean, I go on here and jump in this argument and start clowning people too, but, you know, I'm a humble man. I stick to myself, you know. I love it. I'm, a, I'm just a back out of this one. Well, so happy for you. Congrats on the win. Thanks for doing this. I know you're you're on daddy duty today, so appreciate you as always, Demetrius. And uh, let us know if you want us to maybe live stream that coffee conversation with your wife whenever you decide. Whatever you want, we're here. <laughs> or come on right after whenever you decide. Yes or no, by the way. If you decide yes, even even better. I agree with you. The business, you know, I, all due respect to Akhmetov, I don't know how much he moves the needle right now for you at this point in your career. So y- you'll figure it out. You'll be okay. But thank you. Enjoy the victory, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Errol. Appreciate you, man. Have a good night. The man, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse. Oh, what a breakdown that was. That was incredible. That was incredible. And how about two daughters appearing on today's program? I know. It's uh, O'Malley's daughter. First. Yeah, this is great. Uh, do we have another daughter to come? I don't think Frivola has one. I don't think Jan has one. Um, Aljo, I don't think, has one. So I think that's it for the daughters. Let's see. Wow, a lot of text messages here, guys. Um Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this. Uh, Dominic Cruz actually uh, texted me. Cejudo should definitely take the title fight with Moreno. We didn't even talk about that component, right, guys? Didn't Moreno said he doesn't care about the belts, though, and he'd fight him at 135? Yeah, but we didn't even talk about, you know, the, the Moreno component. Oh, so you're saying, like, Cejudo should demand. Say, Moreno, come up to 135. There's bad blood, right? Oh, yeah. Didn't even talk about that. That wouldn't be for a title. It'd just be him versus Just Moreno. a grudge match. Yeah, okay. I doubt the UFC does it, though. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun, though. Good story. By the way, could you imagine um, Moreno versus Cejudo in Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. Mm. Wow, that would be nuts. 
I mean, if Moreno loses, then he could do it. He's fighting July 8th. By the way, coming up, uh, Aljamain Sterling, so stay tuned. Also, Matt Frivola. Uh, but what about Yan Shaonan, who won on Saturday, beating Jessica Andrade and stamping, I think, her ticket to being the number one contender? This was our own GC on the watch party alongside Mike Heck and the crew as Yan Shaonan, I mean, sh- shockingly stopped to get her first uh, victory via stoppage in the UFC. This was the reaction live as it was going on during the watch party. Plus 185! Gong it up! Plus 185! Gong it up! Woo! Let's go! I cannot believe that! Incredible stuff, incredible scenes, and uh, yes, we will ignore uh, Frank being a negative Nancy in that moment. Uh, Now joining us, Yan Chanan and her uh, translator, Leo, who is there? Leo, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello, Leo, and and hello, Yan. Thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what a win. Could you could you say, I mean, I feel like this is a silly question to ask, but uh, might as well. Greatest moment, greatest victory of your career so far? Yeah, I think that is the happiest moment among all my UFC wins and also the most important moment of UFC career so far. Uh, to, to, to stop Jessica Andrade in the first round, the way in which you did, when you were thinking about the fight and, and uh, dreaming about it and envisioning, did that scenario ever cross your mind? So yeah, I didn't anticipate that I can finish her in the first round, but I do visualize that maybe I can drop her at some point during this fight and what I'm going to do for the consequence. So my original plan is just let's let me win this fight first. So probably go to decisions, but I do uh, think about what I should do when I drop her. Considering you've had uh, so many fights go the distance over the last few years, to have a fight only last two minutes and twenty seconds afterwards, how did you feel? Like, did you? I, I'm sure you were on cloud nine. You were going crazy, but did you feel like you didn't get enough of the fight out of you? So that this time, finally, is. 到终结了，你觉得拿到这个终结这个结果，你高兴吗？你也觉得是不是让大家能更好的认识你，更认可你？是的，我拿到这个终结，我特别的开心，也证明我的拳有KO的实力，而且也特别的开心，并让更多的人
afterwards, it seemed like you know a lot of the questions were about you and 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 Zhang Weili, um, and obviously it was fresh. But since Saturday, do you have any indication as to whether or not the UFC is going to go in this direction, you versus Zhang Weili for the strawweight title, as a result of this victory on Saturday? So this fight, after the first and second fight, actually, many people were discussing. So if he wins, he could challenge the champion. He could fight Zhang Weili. 那么打完比赛之后，你有跟 UFC 沟通过吗？他们有给你传达什么信息？就是有可能会安排你和张伟丽的比赛吗？呃，我我在我比完赛之后，在后台的时候见到大拿外，大拿外说他想把比赛会安排到中国。我觉得他的意识就是已经可以去挑战冠军，而且希望我跟张伟丽在中国的打。Yeah, I met Dana at the locker room at the after the fight, and he said, "Um, let's do it in China." So if we can make the UFC China event happen, let's pull it out. Um, obviously, I don't expect you to know all the logistics and the politics behind this, but do you think that would be possible,、uh, given the climate that we're in, that the UFC would be able to hold an event in China,、um, like they did a few years ago? So, do you think that UFC could hold an event in China, like they did a few years ago? 我觉得年底吧，年底应该可以办一场比赛，因为现在国内也已经有很多地方都已经开放了，都已经都已经正常了，我们生活什么的。Yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, probably some points at the end of this year because China now is fully open, everything back to normal. So I think, yeah,、uh, it's possible. It's very likely.、Okay. I saw in the post-fight press conference you said that you thought that the、uh, Chinese fans hated you and that they wanted to see her beat you. Why do you feel that way? 你说中国粉丝好多黑粉老黑你，为啥呢？因为就是张伟丽是冠军嘛，因为大家肯定就是只会看见冠军，看不到底下的人，因为他只能看到成功的第一名，所以说有很多人没看到我的努力，大家就是很多都支持他嘛，就觉得我打不过他，都说我不行，没有重击，没有重击什么的，所以我这回要证明给他们看，让他们闭嘴。Yeah, because Weili is the champion. She's the hero of our nation. So. A lot of people can only see her, but just cannot see other other fighters. So they may just、uh, underestimate me, and uh, uh, I I just cannot share the love from the fans with Weili because she is a champion. But this time, I just want to show everybody、uh, what I can do in the cage and shut everybody up. Do you, Do you get a lot of、uh, I don't know criticism feedback from from Chinese fans? Do you feel that? That they're like a hundred percent because it could be fifty fifty. Maybe fifty percent are in favor of you and fifty in favor of her. The 黑粉跟喜欢你的人是一半一半呢，还是黑你的多呢，还是怎么？我觉得是黑我的多，因为大家只会记住第一名，他不会看到后面的人，他们只会记住第一名，很多都是这样，是正常。Yeah, I think I have more haters than the people who like me because they only know who is the champion and they don't know. And they don't want to know about others. I think that's crazy. I think that's unfair. I don't think you've given them any reason. Do you think you've given them a reason to hate you? Why? 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 Like the who we, who who are the who is the champ and the, don't want to like others.、Uh, what if any kind of relationship do you have with Zhang Weili? 
。那所以你跟伟丽，其实你们俩关系怎么样？实际的关系？我们关系还是挺好的，见面都会打招呼啊，他比赛我们互相见面来会给加油啊什么的。但是就会有很多人去把这个去去就挑拨嘛，就是说啊，我怎么看到他，他怎么看待我，就会把这事情给放大。很多就是在媒体上都把这个国内的媒体会把事情放大，会挑拨离间啊什么。Yeah, our relationship is good and very healthy. So, uh, we talk with each other, and、uh, each time before her fight and my fight, we'll we'll say the good luck to each other. But you know, some people on the social media they just want to twist the twist the the reality and trying to create some tension and beef. Mm. Us and amplify that to let the audience feel that we have problem with each other. How how big of a fight do you think this could be in China? Like how big of a of an arena, stadium, venue do you think this could?、Uh, you know the, the the amount of fans that would be interested in attending a fight of this magnitude. How big could it be? So if you two really, if you are in China, do you think this fight will be how big? Will it be in what kind of arena? 然后，非常多大的比赛？那就像中国第一次到上海一样，在那个就是在上海比赛，或者在很大的像美就是美奔驰那个中心一样，反正就是很大的体育场吧。而且有很多人支持我们，所有的 MMA 全迷都会来。有的人也许是支持伟力的，有的人也许是想去看我挨打的，但是他们肯定都会来的。Yeah, I think.、Uh... The event should be at、uh, Mercedes Center in Shanghai, where UFC had their、uh, first event in mainland China, which is a big arena.、Uh, I, I do believe this going to is going to be a big fight. I think if we and me and Weili fight, a lot of of people will going to there to watch, support Weili, and see how she beat Mishida. So yeah, just、uh, I think a lot of people will come. By the way,、uh, I know you obviously spend a lot of time in Sacramento. You're with、uh, Team Alpha Male. How is your English these days? Because I can even tell that you understand some of the things that I'm saying. You're reacting to some of the. So can you? Are you able to speak English now? He asked me if I could understand. He said I could understand. And I've been training for a long time in Sacramento for three months. I understand. But sometimes I don't answer. But I'm starting to learn English now. I started English. Yeah, my English is improved a lot. I can understand most of part what you said, what your or what people said. But the hardest part is I cannot express. I cannot say something very influently. So, but I'm still learning. Okay,、so、I was wondering about that. So, when your coaches, like you know, Danny Castillo and everyone are are speaking to, you,、um, do you need? Are you able to understand everything that they're saying, or do you need that to be translated? For Danny. 能听懂吗？对，就是边角能听懂吗？嗯，丹尼还有尤瑞亚，还有马库斯告诉我都能听懂。像丹尼 stops 啊，就 stops 停下他摔跤啊什么的，还有什么 bump 啊 hips 我都能听懂。还有教练 one two three， 还有飞波告诉我 move move 前 slow 啊，我我都能听懂呀。Yeah, I can understand with everything they told me that all the MMA English. Okay. One, two, three, things like that. Yeah, you understand what she said. Yeah, the terms. I love it.、Uh, I saw that you、yeah. were awarded your、uh, blue belt from Uriah Faber.、Uh, how did that make you feel when you got that honor? And were you expecting that? Okay. 
Yeah, she gave me probably to a blue belt, but I think maybe I'm better than a blue belt. Oh, okay. What do you think you should be? Brown? Black? At least purple belt. Okay. All right. Respect. Respect. Um, and uh, are you going back home to China or are you going to stay in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, I will fly back to China at 5th this month and stay there uh, two or three weeks, also attend the road to UFC, opening run of the road to UFC in Shanghai. And then I will fly back to Sacramento maybe end of this month and uh, back to training to pre prepare my next fight, probably a title fight. Okay, I was, I was going to ask about that. If the fight is in China, you'll still train in Sacramento for it. Okay. Um, well, congratulations. And one last question. Um, could I ask, how do you think a fight versus you and Zhang would go? What would be your, uh, your prediction? So,好,预测一下你如果跟美丽比赛这比赛会是怎么样? Yeah, I think it's going to be a very exciting fight and it will make people in China crazy. I think fans will definitely love this fight because if me and Wei Li, two girls from China, fight for the goal, uh, we are the number one, number two in the world. We are the best of the best. Amen. Uh, congratulations on the win. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope you get the title shot. I think you've done enough to to earn it. And uh, what a moment it would be for the country and for the sport as well. So thank you, Jan. Thank you, Leo. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Ariel. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. There she is, Jan Xiaonan, the uh, number one contender we, uh, we presume. And she just said that Dana White told her afterwards uh, that it seemed like that was the direction they were going in. And when you think of just a few years ago when, you know, they would have Tia Tranjean on the card and, and, and it would seem with all due respect, like, you know, some of the fighters when they would go to, you know, Macau, when they would go to Shanghai, didn't quite seem UFC level, but they were investing, which was a very smart thing to do. Now we get to the point in 2023, we presume that we have, a, like I said, it's not a gimmick. It's not like they're just doing it because they're going to go to China or whatever, or they want to open the market or make it more popular there that the legit champion and the legit top contender are fighting for the belt and they're both from China. Could you, if they could figure it out and actually do it in China, golly, that would be insane. That would be insane. Um, let me just take a little sippy here. Sippy. Uh, Aljamain Sterling still to come. Thank you very much to... Yan Xiaonan, in a couple of seconds, we're going to be joined by another big winner. I mean, there was a stretch there from the ESPN um, headliner prelim spot. You had Matt Favola's win over Drew Dober. 
steamrolled right through. Uh, then a couple, you know, the <clears throat> the Crone Gracie fight was what it was. It was uh, frustrating to watch. Um, and, you know, big win for Charles Jordan. Diego Lopez coming in on short notice, gave it his all against Movsar Evloev. And then we had the Yan Nan fight. But uh, as far as the prelims were concerned, for me, and there were a few great performances. Uh, the biggest one was Matt Favola, so close to Long Island in Newark, doing that to Drew Dober, who had not been stopped in well over a decade. Tough guy who's taken some big shots, especially in his last three fights, which he won. Durable, extremely tough chin, doing that to him. Super, super impressive. And so we had to talk to him about it all. Here he is once again, the great Matt Frivola. Hello, Matt. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm just enjoying a nice day back home in Long Island. Just had a nice bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh, yeah. Uh, the wind is still sinking in. Uh, what kind of bagel do we get that on? I got it on everything flagel. Uh, oh, the thinner one, huh? That's uh, becoming a little yeah. more popular. How do you feel about the flagel? It feels like it's a little too like flat for me. I love the flagel, especially, you know, some egg, some avocado, and then I earned the bacon and I earned the cheese. So I had a nice classic bacon, egg, and cheese, threw some avocado in there on a nice flagel. It was amazing. Look at you. You do ketchup, salt, and pepper too? Salt, pepper, hot sauce. Look at you. Man, to the victor goes the spoils. Well done, Matt. Um, that's that. Is that outside your house? You got the, what is that, the beach? Yeah. We're right on uh, on the bay, uh, North Shore, Long Island, and yeah. it's it's starting to feel like summertime here. You see that? I'm gonna, I got I got the badminton. I'm gonna get the badminton net set up over here. We got a big bad badminton tournament around Fourth of July, and I'm winning it this year. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, uh, congratulations on the win. Uh, that was big time stuff to be on the same card as Aljamain, a teammate of yours. And, you know, like the guys were always talking about you coming up, coming up. And now here you are on a big card like that, a pay-per-view so close to home. Like, is this like dreamlike stuff for you? I, I would imagine that you had been thinking and dreaming of a moment like this for so long. Yeah, you know, and, and to be on the on the Aljamain card and like, you know, we finished camp together. Like the whole camp was awesome. The vibes were great. Everyone was working hard, training hard. And then the fight week was awesome. And... uh we both just handled business, you know, uh, it was, it was, it was an amazing time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the future and, you know, we all got big fights on the future. We got like young up and coming guys coming, uh, all this, you know, there's something in the water out here in strong Island, baby. Come on. I love it. I love, what is that tattoo of, by the way? Uh, this is a, a couple Eagles and a American flag. Respect. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah. nice flex yeah yeah i know i like it to, to be so close to the champ as he's peaking as he's getting ready for his his fight on the same card that has to rub off on you right oh 100 percent. you know like sparring days like i go in there i get my three fives in um and then i get to watch aljo spar five fives with like three with marab and two with like uh pumi nakuda uh and like the the sparring is just just watching him uh, like push it and uh, it's it's unreal and uh, yeah you know we we both put in the work and uh, you know and, and we both got the job done. What 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 about Ray Longo? I I feel like Ray doesn't get his flowers. Ray Longo, a guy who takes like there aren't there aren't dudes who are coming from you know 
you know, all over the world. Like a lot of you guys are, you know, from the hood, you know, from Long Island. And he's turning you all into killers, champions, Chris, Matt, Aljo, up-and-comers like you. I know Marab's not from Long Island. There's there's a few of those. But the fact that he's been able to do this, what makes him so special in your opinion? You know, Ray, he's not not just in fighting, in life. Like, like you go to the gym and, and, you know, you just talk life. And then, and then just going into the, the fighting, like he, the, you know, he knows everything from like a keto to just like, not just mixed martial arts, just like he's a all around badass. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's awesome. Just like talking the fight game with him, And, and we always, you know, we prepare and I always just tell him, you know, what you say I do coach, you know, uh, make me the next long Island champion. And, uh, and for me, you know, he wanted me to box more. Wanted me to build my awareness, and uh, and that's what we did. And you know, my last three fights, I got knockouts with my hands. So you know, thank you, Coach Longo. <laughs> Absolutely. Were you expecting that quick of a fight, though? No, you know, I was I was prepared to wrestle him, and uh, you know, once he he would get aggressive with his hands, you know, I was gonna shoot and uh, time a nice takedown. But uh, you know, I was busting him up on the feet. Uh, and I, I saw his like nose was bleeding. I cut him. I hit him with a head kick that cut his eye, and he was leaking. And I was, you know, landing, landing my shots, and uh, and you know, I, I was, I, you know, counter punching. Just you know, that that just was just like all my sparring with uh, Nazim Sadikov and uh, Dennis Bazooka. Um, just you know, they were cut, throwing 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 shots at me, and I was counter punching. And uh, you know that that instinct right there, coming back with that three two. The whole camp, uh, you know, Nas would hit me with the straight left, and then Longo would be like, "Follow it back, follow it back," you know, follow my right hand, uh, follow it back as he pulls his left hand back, and that's Drew came forward with like the left hand to the body. I, you know, instinctually came back with the check hook, followed his left hand back with my right hand, and we we connected on the uh, on the chin. Did he did he complain about the stoppage? Uh, yeah, you know, you're always gonna. You know, want, that's the warrior in him. You know, we want to keep fighting. Um, but he got up. He was wobbled. You know, and he, that was a good stoppage. Nobody wants to see anybody get, like, get hurt out there, you know? Yeah. I saw that you went over to him. And then, like, did he, did he misunderstand what you were trying to do? Because it seemed like he got heated there. No, no. He just, he wanted to, wanted to like, see, like, see me, <laughs> and, you know. Hug it out? He definitely. <laughs> okay. No, he was. Yeah, he was a super nice guy. Like, yeah, even all all fight week. Like, I like to say he was like weirdly nice. <laughs> like, I I would shake his hand, and then he would always like put his hand on top of our shaked hand, and like pull me close and just like look at me in the eye and be like, "Thank you so much." Like, want, like he wanted a kiss or something. He wanted to kill you with <laughs> kindness, maybe, or maybe he's just a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's super nice. Um, he's a legend. He is a legend. Uh, did you uh, did you get to watch Aljo's fight in the arena, or were you in the back? Yeah, you know, after the fight, I got to go back to the locker room, see Aljo warming up, showered up, and then went up to a suite. Uh, my family and all my friends all had a suite. There was like forty people up there, and uh, and we got to I watched the rest of the fights up there. Did you see the video of him reacting to your win? Yeah, it was it was like it was amazing. That's that's uh, you know I'll, I I I cherish that video now. You know, watching that. 
Yeah, it's incredible to see the love. I love those videos. Um, what about your boy Marab stealing the jacket over there? I mean, is that <laughs> is that an all time moment or what? That incredible how he was just there to take it. Oh, that's Marab. Marab is uh, is the MVP. Like, uh, and he, and just he look he was meant to wear that jacket and then jumping on the cage like that. Uh, he's he's amazing. What a character. Um, so afterwards, obviously, you call out Patty. Uh, I, I think Patty has responded. Did you see his response? Yeah, yeah, he accepted. So I think that's the fight to uh, that's the fight to make. Did he accept? What did he write? Uh, we have the screen grab here. A bit of a weird time to call me out when I can't even train. And then it was the uh, eye roll emoji. But yeah, I'd fight for Vola when I'm back. Probably the easiest round into the top fifteen. All right, so I guess that is an acceptance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I see where he's coming from. You look at the top fifteen. You know, it's a murderer's row. And that's what I always say about the lightweight division. A anyone could beat anybody on any given day. I was, you know, and I definitely feel that my, that way about myself. I can knock out anybody in the world, given the opportunity. And, uh, but I know I'm human too. You know, I could get knocked out as well. It, and that's the fight game. And, you know, we do everything we can to, uh, be the hammer, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, me and me and Patty is it, it would be a fun fight. Yeah. Uh, did the UFC say anything to you or your management after? Like, yeah, we're we're into this. No, no. I like just finished getting back to like text messages and like I just got home. I'm I'm kind of marinating right now. Okay. And uh, we'll see. We'll be we'll be talking though. How do you think that fight goes down? Uh, um, it could go many ways. Uh, he, I like that. One of the things that excites me is that he, he like always throws on the feet. He goes for it. You know, he goes out there, he throws big kicks, big punches, comes forward. He goes for it. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe I counter strike, knock him out quick, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe he comes out a little patient. I, I push the pace. I come forward, beat him up, take him down, beat him up. I would, I, I'm also excited to grapple with him. You know, his jujitsu is uh, high level. I love jujitsu. I feel like my jujitsu is high level. Um, I'll grapple with him. Um, you know, I, I still got to show that Sarah BJJ, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, that Greece Tampa South Matt Arroyo jujitsu and uh, Matt Sarah jujitsu. Um, so, uh, but that's, that's, that's what I love about mixed martial arts. You know, I still got so many weapons that i, I want to show in the octagon and uh and uh you know i feel like i could show a lot uh fighting a guy like patty uh and obviously even if he can't fight like until the end of the year or something like that even early you're, you're okay with that right i mean this fight is would be so big you'd wait yeah I think best case scenario that that's uh you know the world's most famous arena madison square garden in november let's go you know he's uh you know, he's a barstool guy. Barstool's right in New York City. Um, I think we could have a fun time that, uh, doing it then. If he needs more time, I wouldn't be mad about Vegas in December. I just want to fight at the end of the year. Uh, and uh, you know, I've had I've had ankle surgery too. I got still got two pins in my ankle. I fought six months after an ankle surgery. Uh, he'll he should he should be ready. Okay. Um, by the way, I, I know you came out to the uh, the trumpets again, Edwin Diaz. Um, how did you feel when that happened at the world baseball classic? You know, uh, if it didn't happen, then it was going to happen in the season, you know, like you don't just jump up and then like 
you know, blow out your knee. So I'm, I'd rather it happen sooner so that he can recover. You know, he'll be back right when we're, uh, you know, building our momentum into the playoffs. I saw you throw out the first pitch. Not bad. We've seen some bad first pitches in, in our time. Obviously, uh, there's the great Baba Booey, 50 Cent. Even Connor had a bit of a tough time on the mound. How did you feel about your first pitch? And by the way, was that to your dad? Did you throw it to your dad with your brother as the umpire? Yeah, yeah. Uh, How did you pull that off? Um, the Coens, Alex and Steve Cohen, uh, they're they're like huge supporters now. Like, uh, and uh, you know, they're uh, they're awesome. You know, they they support all the Mets fans, and I I've been able to build a relationship with them, and and uh, and yeah, I got the bulldozer catching for me at the cheese roll as the umpire and uh, i'll tell you what my my dad saved me there because <laughs> i threw some high heat you know i was i'm not gonna lie i got out to the mound everyone and and it was a little bit further than i thought and everyone was saying throw high you know you gotta throw higher than you think but uh i i nailed the the high leg kick wind oh up oh my god yeah and then i just threw some high heat and you know my dad had to save the day and go up and make the catch but uh, my brother still called it a strike. Whoever was batting was swinging and missing. Nobody was touching that. No, for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with my performance. Yeah, you went with like the very, like you almost like it was almost like Hideo Nomo esque with your delivery there, which is a little dicey on the mound for the first time. It could get a little bit, you know, tough to gauge. But uh, I thought it was a great. I mean, your dad was really the MVP of the situation for for snagging that. <laughs> making him jump up like that. Incredible. I'm sure that was a huge thrill for you. So your buds with Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, like you guys chat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, with Alex, uh, Alex and, uh, Josh, uh, uh, their son. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, we've been to some Islanders games now. We've been to some Mets games now. Hopefully I will have, have them, uh, over the, the, uh, the Frivola beach over here this summer. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to getting out to uh you know, Steve was at the fight. Steve and Josh were at the fight case really? side. They were there? Yeah. That's incredible for yeah. you. Oh yeah, yeah. They were there for uh like the night I threw the first pitch out. Uh we watched the whole game in the in the suite and uh, I was telling him about the fight, you know, telling him this was a huge fight for me. I was fighting number fourteen in the world and you know, psyching him up about the fight. They never been to a UFC event, so I was telling him, you know, the one thing the UFC is they know how to put on a live event. Like it's, I, I love the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, even like after the watching the pay, the rest of the pay-per-view and then uh, walking around the arena, like I love the, the fight atmosphere that the UFC put on for their shows. And then now the Coens got to come and uh, I'm just so happy. I got to, you know, really show up, you know, show out for them. And uh, some of the Mets were there too. Uh, Nito was there. Um, Guillaume were there. And then a bunch of the Islanders were there. Uh, Wallstrom, Matt Martin, because uh, uh, Oliver Wallstrom, Matt Martin both train at uh, with with Ray a bunch at Law. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome, you know, being like a, a lifelong Mets fan and like Islanders fan, uh, and now you know, uh, and then the Knicks now the Knicks are crushing it. You know, yeah. I haven't I haven't been to uh, Madison Square Garden for the Knicks yet, but maybe. <laughs> why not huge game four tonight I, you probably weren't watching on saturday you were busy we kind of uh shat the bed on that one but a big bounce back game are you a nick fan because i never see you really talking about the knicks as much as the islanders and mets i mean no i'm not a huge uh basketball player or basketball fan but i i 
I love the, you know, I love to watch it, you know. Um, well, listen, you know, you know, don't jump on the bandwagon now that we're good again, all right? I mean, like, you can't, you know, where were you in the dark days? Nick's team. I've always been Nick's. All right, fine, 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 fine. New Jersey Nets. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw the Nets. We don't, we, we want nothing to do with them. Um, well, very exciting uh, what you did. You're now, you know, you have arrived. Huge moment for you. Uh, well done, my man. Enjoy the beach. Enjoy the victory. And thank you for coming on. And one of these days, you'll grace us with your presence in the studio. But you let us know. You're becoming a big shot now. Maybe we maybe we missed the boat on that. I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. But one of these days, I'm holding out hope. No, I, I got to make my way. I make my way out into the city sometimes. And it'll, I'll make my way out there for you. Sounds good. Thank you, Matt. Congrats. All right. Thanks. Nice talking to you, man. Yes, sir. As always, there he is, Matt Frivola, the steamroller with the massive win on Saturday. Uh, a huge night for the Longosera team, and uh, he got them rolling. That's right. That's right. That is right. Yeah. Um, big win for him. And uh, remember, we asked Dober, you know, were you a little disappointed? that you couldn't get a bigger name, this and that. And he said, yeah, to be honest, but I don't think he took him lightly per se. Now all of a sudden he takes his spot. <clears throat> Excuse me, Frank. Excuse me. All right. Uh, so that, that set the tone, but obviously the night ended with the reigning and defending bantamweight champion successfully defending his title. What a fight it was, what a performance it was, what a scene it was for Aljamain Sterling getting to fight oh so close to home, fighting the legend, the Olympic gold medalist, Henry Cejudo, and I think winning fair and square, as I said at the top, rounds two, rounds one, two, and then four for Aljamain Sterling, three and five for Cejudo. Close one, but I didn't think there was any controversy. He's kind enough to join us now. Let us talk to the champion, Aljamain Sterling. There he is. The Funk Master. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Congratulations, Aljamain, on the win. Thank you, Ariel. I'm uh, super happy about everything right now. Just, I don't know. Life life is good. Life is crazy. It's unexpected sometimes. And uh, you work hard. Sometimes good things happen for you. Sometimes you work hard. Sometimes nothing happens for you. You know, it's just you just never know. And thankfully, things worked out in my favor. And fortunately for me, the judges were on my side and got it right. I want to ask you about the judges in a moment. Can you tell us, us regular folk, months and months, I mean, the shape that you were in, all the media, like you were, you were the headline, all right? You were the A-side, main event, pay-per-view, close to home, months and months and months. And it all crescendos and you win. And it's like every, you're the talk of the town. What is the Monday after like? Could you even describe, like, how do you, how do you come down from this? What, like, could you put into words? I can't, like, it's probably like a natural high. What is that Monday after when you, when you accomplished the goal, you did it, you succeed? And then, as I said to Dominic, not to go too long here, we had Dominic Cruz on uh, earlier, uh, nine in a row now, three title defenses, 14 wins, the record, like, you do all this. What is this Monday like for you? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely on top of the world right now, 100%. I mean, I can't deny that, but... It's it's another day, um, another day above the ground, and that's the most important thing. And uh, it feels good to be the king. And at the end of the day, man, I feel like people need to just get over it and realize, like, that first Jan fight is such a thing in the past. We are here now. Look at everything I've done now. Look at all the things I've done in the past. And look at the body of work and appreciate that for what it is, because when I'm done, man, 
you guys are gonna be like, oh, that guy was actually a lot better than what we actually thought. Like, you watch these other guys and see how competitively close it is. I just beat who people were dubbing as the greatest combat athlete of all time. So what does that make me? Guys, it's time to just get used to this face because we ain't going nowhere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're um, you're locked in on what the people are saying, uh, online especially. Are you getting the love? Are you feeling the love from the people? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still some people out there that's going to say the stuff that they want to say, but at the end of the day, I can't control that. Um, I'm going to just keep doing what I do, and that's working on what I need to work on. Uh, you know, I never once came out and said, guys, I'm this striker. I'm going to be just knocking guys out left and right, and then I go and I do something else. You know, I always tell you what the game plan is going to be. I plan to take you down. I plan to drown you on the ground, and, and that's it. You know, I had a really tough opponent, and Henry Cejudo, he's a two-division champion for a reason. Man, that guy's fight IQ, making the adjustments he was making in real time with me, it was like as if I made an advancement, he made an advancement for my advancement, and then I would have to make an advancement for his advancement. And that's how back and forth of a chess match this was. And I don't think people really understand the brilliance of that unless you were in there, that you have to almost feel that energy to see what I'm talking about. Because there was things that the coaches would tell me, and then I went back and I looked at it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I saw that opening there, but there was a reason why I didn't do what they were telling me to do. is because of what Henry was also doing at the same time. And uh, I got to give him some respect for that, but I think I did the universe a favor in uh, ending the cringe. So, uh, what, what impressed you most about him? His fight IQ. Mm. If there's one thing I could definitely be very complimentary of. He's a competitor. He didn't quit. He was there the whole time. Uh, I, I know there was some, a little bit of a bias criticism with my takedown entries and things like that. People don't understand, like, the takedowns aren't always necessarily meant to, like, get a takedown. Like, yeah, if I can shoot and be 100% with my takedowns, that would be great, but that's not realistic. I know there's going to be moments where I have to shoot, and the guys are going to defend it. They're going to have good hips. They're going to see it coming kind of thing. And with that being said, it's up to me to use that to now do what? It's almost like a feint. If I feint and then do nothing after, it's like, oh, what was the point of the feint? But now if I shoot and you defend and you sprawl hard, now you bite on that, that, that feint of my takedown. Now I'm setting that up. Now you have to be conscious of me shooting. And you got it, you got it in the back of your head like, I don't want to be down on the ground again. You know what I mean? Mm. So uh, – I, there's a method to the madness, and I, I, I would like for the commentary to be a little bit more cognizant of some of the things that they're saying, like, oh, he's using up a ton of energy. I'm like, guys, I wouldn't do it if I didn't train to, to – this is a five-round fight against a legend. You guys think I'm going to come out there and gas myself out? You guys think this is Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling 1? That ain't never going to happen again. That was a one-time, once-in-a-lifetime hiccup of me not eating before the fight, and that would never, ever I would never be that stupid enough to make that mistake again. That would be just be on me at that point. I'm just a bonehead. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I give him respect with that. A lot of high-level stuff. I know I had the crazy reach advantage, and I knew that was going to play a big factor in my favor. And I knew he was smart enough to get inside where he needed to. And he was even telling me to, like, throw the kick again so that he could time it. Because I knew that he was preparing for that and did a lot of things in preparation for my front kicks and stuff like that. So we had to be very cognizant. And split-second decisions. So I had to make sure that I was just on my P's and Q's the whole time with him. He was telling you this in the middle of the fight? He was kind of like he was kind of like giving like these these head nods. Like I would throw the body kick and spam it to the body. And it kind of reminds me of Javante Davis and uh, I think Santa Cruz when they fought. And he threw the same right hand like three times in a row. Javante Davis just goes like, why would you do the same move three times? Like... Like, is that that's like the dumbest thing you could do? And then it's kind of like that. So I'm doing it. He's kind of like, yeah, 
Like lead egging me on to like throw it one more time to see what happens. Like fuck around and find <laughs> out. I had to make sure like I had to like play that game a little bit with him. So it was definitely a high level battle. Um, I would appreciate maybe even fighting him again, to be honest, because part of it still makes me feel like I I want I like to be dominant. And maybe there's a part of me that wants to like do it in a way where I finish him. Cause I know if I took him down earlier, when I got those positions where I got to his back. When I got the risk control and collected, if I had more time, or not even had more time, if I'd done it early in the round, I think the fight's over. Um, if I didn't give it that first round takedown and have to battle back and I got the takedown first before he did, that sets the tone and probably the fight's over right there also. So there's sequences where it's like, man, these little battles of brilliance from both of us really dictates the, the rest of the outlook of the fight. And that's what fighting is all about. And that's why it's such a beautiful sport. So you've watched the fight. Not the whole thing. Okay. I the main one I watched so far was round five before I came on here, as I I've been kind of you know celebrating, enjoying the, the spoils yeah. of my <laughs> my labor a little bit, and uh, I got to watch round five because even in round five I felt like I I still won it even though I I thought I did more, but I watched it. I was like the strike count was relatively even. I landed the spinning back kick to the face where you know he got his hands up at the last second that pushes him all the way back, but I don't know it's more impact than like physical complete damage like a shot that sits versus something that's pushing or versus something where your opponent is moving and you're, you're pushing them with the momentum so it looks more impactful so there was a lot of that that he was doing that it looked like it was hurting me more than what it actually was and he got the takedown where he grabbed a single and threw me on my ass a little bit that and so i was like i guess you could kind of give him that round but it was a close round so that was the main one I was really concerned about. But other than that, I, I thought the other ones, like, hands down, like, maybe round three you can give him. But other than that, I thought I definitely won the fight. Like, like there was not a doubt in my mind that I won that fight easily, 3-2, with the argument of a 4-1. Okay. Um, you get the moment. It's great. How do you feel about them bringing Sean in the cage immediately afterwards? Well, I mean, we did sign over the uh, WWE, right? So I yeah. guess that's what we're doing now. So I don't know. It, I, at that at that moment, it's normally to build the next fight anyway. So I think we did and accomplished what we were trying Hell to do. Yeah. So yeah, so at the end of the day, it's kind of like it, it did its job. It served its purpose. I would have liked to have gotten to say some of the things I wanted to say. Thank some of the people that I would have liked to have uh, thanked. Uh, I didn't know Jersey was going to be rooting against me like that at the end. It was like, damn, what's yeah. going on? Like, I fought for you guys how many times? And now I'm, uh, you guys are cheering for Henry? Like, what is going on? Like, what world are we living in that now the world is rooting for Henry in like pretty much my backyard crazy well i I was just i think you a thousand percent sold the fight i think it's going to be used a million times whenever you guys fight and we'll get to that in a moment but i was just wondering (laughs) if you felt at all like it took away from your moment it's you know sometimes they do it sometimes they don't and i don't know if they boo you afterwards if that moment doesn't happen so i i just didn't know if you were annoyed at all by it you think they booed me because he came in the cave i think it was more because of him yeah Meaning Sean is such a popular fighter and then there was yeah. that whole exchange and they're like, oh, you're the guy fighting Sean? Okay, now we're going to boo you. Like, I don't know. That's how, that's how I took it. Maybe you feel otherwise. It, I didn't it, think it was a Henry thing over you, to be honest. Uh, well, I don't know. I felt like they started booing a little bit or maybe the the, com, the the clash of boos and cheers for the decision, maybe that's what probably was hard to hear and like decipher between. But maybe that is why, because Sean is like, I don't know, every young teenager's dream for some reason. It's like weird. It's like I got colorful hair. I got tattoos on my face. I smoke weed. I make funny videos. 
uh, I'm tall. I'm the sugar show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did I tell you I smoke weed? Yeah, bro. Podcast and streaming. Uh, but it will be, I mean, do you agree? That would be, uh, business-wise, that'll be the biggest fight of your career, right? So far. <clears throat> biggest fight of my career is this fight with Henry Cejudo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Biggest fight in terms of like- A Business. I'm talking about business. Value. Yeah, business. In terms of business. Yeah, I guess maybe Sean will probably be the biggest fight. And I'm saying that because- he thinks he draws these huge numbers, but he, I was on the same pay-per-view card that he was on, and the number did the same amount that we did with Volkanovski. It did less than we did with Volkanovski in Jacksonville with the Piotr Jan rematch. So it's like, well, I don't know how much of a draw you really think you are there, buddy, but uh, maybe we need to slow down on all that chirping over there about how much buys you're going to get in January. Like, we really don't know because the, the UC doesn't show us those numbers. So it, it would be cool to know if him being a headliner, maybe that the fans will buy in more because of that specific reason. But we, how are we supposed to know? Like, I I don't know. What are we judging? Like we don't like me, you, we don't have that metric to, to look at, to go. Yeah, for sure. Henry's, um, O'Malley's a draw, but he is popular on social media. And I think in terms of a fan base, like take pay-per-view out of it. This is a definitely a popular fight, especially with kids that are young that are going to be growing up while we're fizzling out of the sport as older people. I'm 33. So by the time I'm like 40, 45, those younger kids who are watching Sean now are going to be those guys who are going to be fans coming up. So it's cool to see that shift in the age group and the demographics. Um, so that's the way I kind of look at it. So, yeah, those kids that are watching him and the fans of him, it's going to be good for eyeballs in that sense. And I look forward to that because it, it, it'd be cool to have a younger crowd that's, that knows what's going on with the fight world and what you have done in your career as well. What about your boy Marab? What can you say about that move he pulled? Uh <laughs> He looked good in that jacket, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, man, Sean gave him the jacket. So he was just, you know, keeping it warm for him, you know? So Sean gave him the jacket. He kept it on. It looked good. He thought it fit better on Marab. So Marab's like, you know, Marab's going to do Marab. Jump on the cage and flex a little bit. What a guy. Uh, this morning, I don't know if you saw it. You, you might have been uh, sleeping or whatever. Um, Henry said he wants Marab in August. Um, how do you feel about that? As Marab's friend, like, is that a fight that he should take? Is that a fight that he, I, I would assume you think he wins, but how do you feel about that idea? Uh, about the idea? Um, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I mean, it's either he fights him or he fights Sanhagen. So either way, it's still a tough fight no matter what. So it just depends on which one, I guess, makes the most sense for Marab. But it's a, I think it's a great fight either way. And then he was talking shit about me, and I, you know, he's talking shit about Marab. So it's be a great opportunity for Marab to smash him too, and just remind, like I think Marab smashes him, and then just it's just gonna be that much more salty people out there because they're gonna be like, oh, what did you, his bodyguard? You're just gonna keep beating everybody, and then <laughs> hey, what do you want? We're the two best guys in the division. What do you want for us? Do you feel? Do you feel like um, I, I, you know, the it came out that the UFC offered Marab Umar. Nurmagomedov right after his win over Jan, which, you know, yes. I think Umar is incredible, but I don't know on what planet he's he's done anything to deserve a fight against Marab, especially on such short notice. And now, you know, if this Henry thing becomes a thing, like, do you feel like there's any part of them that is kind of punishing him because he was so open about not fighting you? They don't like that sort of thing, as you know. Do you feel like they're trying to, like, you know, paint him in a corner? Um, I mean, yes and no. Um, Umar does technically did need, you know, he does need a fight. 
and yeah, but like the the, the number two guy, like he's not even ranked. No, no, no. I know. I'm getting. I'm, you know, I'm just covering. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just saying in terms of like what they can try to say. Sure, sure, sure. How we're seeing it is like, well, he does need to fight. He won't fight for the belt. So do we keep giving him contenders? And at the same time, I've already voiced my opinion that I'm going to go up a weight class. So it's one of those things where you guys never offered him the title shot. So for you to not offer him the title shot, then try to say that you're going to punish him because, and not really punish, but say you're going to make him fight backwards. Um, there's nothing set in stone that you guys said, like, for sure. You gave O'Malley the shot. Oh, he's definitely the next guy. Okay. You gave him that. So for him to sit and wait, it's okay. But for Marab, it's in the same situation where they didn't offer him that opportunity. So now that they're offering the opportunity, because I heard Dana saying that if uh, he would fight Al Jermaine, he would get the next shot over O'Malley kind of thing. I was like, oh. That's interesting. Now that you guys are actually saying that, um, that makes it more of a, a real thing for him. So now I do what I'm supposed to do. I take care of this. I go up to 145. Marab has his opportunity to fight whoever they're going to have. Um, so I guess who would he fight at 35 at that point? You know, because if they give me Sean and I, I crush him and stuff him in the lunchbox, uh, what's like who's who's going to be left for Marab to fight? They're going to do a vacant title. Um it's a weird spot, you know? Okay. Um, what about the weight cut? You you just mentioned it. Um, I noticed on Friday you were like, man, that one was a little tougher. You said something like that. H- how hard was it? Well, the hotel, the the air conditioning in the workout room, they fucked that up really bad, man. Our room was constantly fluctuating between hot and cold. It took me an hour and a half longer to cut the weight than it normally does. And I was pretty pissed off about that because normally I'm like the first guy on the scale um, I'm dehydrated a lot short of our time period and it just doesn't go. It doesn't take as long. Like I literally did my mummy wrap and I was barely sweating. Like people can check out the YouTube channel and see the stuff that I was doing, but the sauna blanket, it's where you sweat the most, but you also drained so much out of your body. So you, you, you keep the sweat, you break the sweat, you're sitting there, you torture yourself for a bit. Then you mummy wrap and you keep the heat in, you keep sweating, but now you're able to breathe. You're not in such a hot, hot environment, but you're, it's hot enough where you're sweating, where I was coming out into the mummy and then the, like, yeah, my body was hot, but it, the environment wasn't hot enough to keep the sweat going. And it just made it so much harder for me to, to lose that weight. But, you know, I always make the weight and yeah, it was definitely rougher than it was. Cause I started my weight cut at five 30 AM compared to when I do half of it the night before or more than half the night before and finish up the rest in the morning, like a pound or two. So yeah, it was definitely a bit more challenging to kind of figure out, but it worked. My condition looked great. I know Henry said he's going to make me pay for every last ounce that I had to cut. And I was like, dude, if you're really banking to win this fight because of cutting weight, which has never been an issue for me, is like, I don't know. That's that's the wrong mentality to go into. You need to beat me because you're better. And I got to prove that, you know, I'm the better guy. Um, so are, are you saying definitively all goes well against Sean? That's it for you at 35? Then you're moving up? That's the plan. I, I think I have a good size frame to go up to 45. I really do. Um, and... Even with these performances, I think I could get a little bit more out of the gas tank going up a weight class as well. And um, I think I have the reach, 71-inch reach. I'm lanky. I could get a little bit thicker, and I can enjoy the end, the second half of my career a little bit more. And we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, sometimes these things go well for people. Sometimes they don't. So that's just the way it goes. You know, we're going to take a chance and see what happens. And uh, hopefully I can still have at least some kind of success at 45 where I can have a balance where I can still work, make money, have fun, have fun fights and 
not torture myself and I could be able to be a little bit more active and also give my friend a good opportunity to fight for the belt. If your friend wasn't that close to a title shot, would you be <clears throat> this close to moving up or does, you know, do you feel any kind of pressure to, to give him this shot and say like, okay, let, let me just do this. In other words, you know what I'm saying? Like if he wasn't there, yeah, yeah, no, I, do you, I follow you. No, I, I feel like a it's a very noble thing that you're doing, but I also feel, I also wonder if you're just being a good friend. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's definitely um, made it more of a, um, what, how would you call that decision? It's definitely more of a decision because of that. And um, also because of the weight cut, it being hard. It's just, I've been doing, I've been making 135 since 2011, man. It's just, it's just been a long time, dude, yeah. you know? So it's just like that. Like you see a lot of these guys who try to go down later in their careers and then they come back up to the weight class that they were up at before. And they're just like, yo, it's just not worth it. So eventually it gets to that point where it catches up to you. So at some point, you know, it's going to catch up to me. So let's, I think this is the perfect time for me to try, if that makes sense. So yeah, there's a little bit of pressure of that. And um, I don't want to be the guy standing in his way for him realizing a dream as well. You know, if it was one of those things where he, he wasn't even close to that position or something, then maybe I stick around and just see how, the fights go. I just take it one fight at a time. And I think that's the best way to, to, to look at it. You start thinking about all these other things and that's where mistakes happen. Um, yeah, what, what I say, I laid out my plans and people would say, Oh, Sterling's delusional. He's not getting past Henry. Uh, he's Volkanovsky. He'll rip him a new asshole. Like they start saying all these crazy things. I'm like, guys, you guys have no ambition, no desire to do anything great. Don't try to shit on the people that are actually trying to chase greatness. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference between me and the commoner. We are different than the majority of the masses out there. We're doing something that it's honestly insane. I still think what I do for a living is absolutely crazy, but it's what life is all about, taking challenges and, and chasing something, right? So if I want to try to push myself to new heights and new challenges and new goals and new uh, milestones, like let me do that. If you don't think I could do it, you, you could be okay with telling me that. I'm okay with someone saying like, yeah, I think it's going to be tough, but Tell someone they can't do something. I, you know, I can never be that person. To tell you like, there's absolutely no way, unless you're the guy signed on the dotted line against me. And now, you know what I mean. Other than that, I'm like, yo, shoot for it, man. Why not? Why not take the chance? You're never gonna find out unless you actually give yourself an opportunity. So that's what it is. I did one of the things already on that list. Next is O'Malley. That's gonna be the second one on the list. And then we're coming up for either Volkanovski or Yair Rodriguez. So in that order, that's where everything is at. And uh, just. Bookmark this, man. Bookmark what I said before I fought Henry. Check and bookmark the next ones. Just follow along with the journey, man. It's it's uh it's gonna be a special one, and I look forward to becoming champ champ. Uh, he didn't say it's a hundred percent, but definitely seemed to be leaning in that direction. Boston in August. That's three months and change away. How do you feel about that turnaround? Who's he? Uh, Dana White. Sorry. Well, he we haven't spoken yet. So I said September in my call out. Cause I think that would be more than enough time and more than fair after doing a five round training camp. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people are asking for active champions and I think I've been more than active. I mean, last year alone, I fought in April after coming off of a neck surgery, 13 months out away. Uh, and I came back, turned around for in the end of October, we were supposed to fight in August. Then they kept, they pushed it to September. Then they pushed it to October. So that wasn't on me. So I was going to go from April to august it didn't happen it went from april to october turned it around now we're we're in may we're supposed to fight in in march it didn't work out because of my bicep I healed up from bio accelerator with the stem cells we fought now 
um, got to beat up the fake Mexican for Cinco de Mayo on my um, para mi gente. So all my Mexican people, one love, baby. Uh, you know, I ended the cringe for you guys. That was for you. Now we no longer triple C, he's double C. And uh, <laughs> it should be one C now because I took his Olympic gold medal with winning the wrestling match. With oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Henry, where's my gold medal, baby? <laughs> where's my gold medal? Um, and yeah, I think a turnaround in September is more than fair. And if I could do it again and maybe fight in December, that, that's a crazy schedule, but I'm trying, you know, and I only get paid like this when I fight. So why would I not want to be more active? You know, I, I want to be out there. I'm finally somewhat healthy and I want to make the most out of my prime years while everything is sharp, like while the, the mental is connected with the physical and I can keep going out there and uh, adding some more, some wins to the column. As Sean says, you don't have much of a choice. What is your response to that? <laughs> Sean doesn't have a say in anything. He listens to daddy Dana. He's going to do as daddy Dana says. So Sean, <laughs> I know you're out there watching right now. How I look. <laughs> Cause I'm gonna look good whooping that ass, baby. I'm gonna look good whooping that ass. Uh September. I know he's like, oh, keep your weight down, don't get too big. Shut up, man. All these guys crying about my weight. Like, eat more food, lift more weights. Stop bitching about me, dude. Like, fucking get off my jock, dude. We're we fight. I make the weight. I show up. Like, what are you bitching about? Like, shut up. Um Five rounds. I think this is going to be Amali's first five-round camp. So let's see how he looks in a five-round fight, in a five-round training camp. Let's see how he feels. And uh, I don't think this fight's really going past one anyway. So uh, I know he was saying I don't need to really train because I'm going to stop him. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fold you up in one. I just need you to make one mistake. Throw one bullshit kick. Throw one miscalculated punch where I slip. I get my head inside. Lock my hands, dude. You ain't you ain't Henry Cejudo. You ain't locking me down, taking me down early in the first round and making me have to fight to my back, uh, back to my feet, dude. I'm gonna Khabib that ass so good, man. I cannot wait. It's, um, and I don't want to say easy money because I could easily get slept, and uh, I'm very very cognizant of that. Um, with just the way he's super accurate, you know. But I think my IQ, my training, I should be able to see everything coming, and I just know stylistically just how strong I am physically in that clinch position. I get there. I, I'm, I know I'm going to take him down take his back and I'm probably going to flatten him out and beat the shit out of him. Dana say anything to you after the fight? And Sean, thanks for being respectful to my fiance and my mom. I do appreciate that. That was, that was very nice of you. Yeah. I, I do. I, I do respect a good bloke. Yes. So. Yes. He did say, he said your mom was very lovely. He gave props to your fiance. He said he was even like telling your mom that everything was going to be okay. It seemed like he was a gentleman. He was, he was being a little mensch. Yeah, he was being a mensch. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Did Dana say anything to you afterwards? No, nah, Dana, I didn't, we didn't talk yet, but I would imagine probably some conversation within the next week or two. I uh, figured he probably wants to let me at least take some time to smell the roses a little bit, which is nice and respectful. And now I'm just kind of just working on those outside ventures that I've been trying to do every single time. Uh, you know, the rum company working on the YouTube channel. I... And I appreciate him also saying that my YouTube channel is definitely better than Cejudo's. Yes, I do breakdowns as well. And, um, and I know we was like, this is a jab. 
Look at that jab. Wow. I don't do breakdowns like that. <laughs> My YouTube channel is way more. Uh, whatever. I let the fans be the judge. I think we do a pretty good job. No, yeah. Yours, yours is more like a sh you're giving like more like show type stuff as opposed to breakdown. So that was kind of my mistake for asking which one was better at breaking down. But it seems like he knows your stuff. So he's got love. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he watches. I'm sure Sugar yeah, watches. Yeah, yeah. Sugar Boogie. You Sugar Boogie, you. Um, but yeah, I got the rum venture. I got these guys who are out here from England. We're going to meet today and we're going to do like some rum tastings to get the flavor profile. So we're we're moving, man. I got the, the label design, the bottle design. We got some things in the works already. So if there are any serious investors out there, we are going to do a couple of rounds of funding um, in the very beginning. So people want to get on board. I, I think it's going to be a great product because I, I don't get behind shit. And what do you guys think about the entrance? Cause I had my I had my song in there in the walkout, yeah. And the place was rocking, yeah. Like, and, 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 and no disrespect to my boy T Wood, but you know I know people were trying to say, oh, don't be T Wood, and like, you know, I came out to my own song and I got the W, man. It's about preparation. I prepared. Uh, by the way, did you get a chance to smell the roses? Like you talk about smell. Like I saw you take a picture outside of the Prudential Center with your, you know, like your the poster there and everything. Like, did you get it? Did you feel like you got a chance to smell? and enjoy the whole process while you're cutting weight, doing all the media, all that stuff? Um, yes. Yes, a little bit. I got. I mean, but it was fight week, you know, yeah. I mean, mindset. Um, but afterwards, get to take it all in with the arena. Babe, can you pass the charger, please, um, for the laptop? And uh, yeah, I, for the most part, like, I still don't feel like it really even kick in yet because I'm like, yo, man, I beat the most top five guys in this division to ever get to a title shot. I'm still beating top five guys. I beat four former world champions. I got the most straight wins in a row. I got the most wins in the bantamweight division. You know, I, part of me almost wants to be like, yo, st stop being humble and just say, fuck the bullshit and screw everybody. But that's not really my persona. As much as I would like to be like, yeah, I'm the evil Kermit, put the evil Kermit hat on. But that, that's not really me, man. You know, I'm just, just doing me, living life and one fight at a time, you know? So I'm just making history and we're going to keep, keep, keep getting better, keep doing things better. I do got to clean up my striking a little bit more. Um, and I don't even say like it's it's ugly. I think there was just a couple things I, I just was a little bit hesitant on that made me look a little uncertain in there. And uh, I want to make sure that doesn't happen with Sean because, like I said, he's a sniper, and I got to make sure that I don't get caught slipping. Um, and that's the best. That's the best I can really say. Are you the greatest bantamweight of all time? I don't know, Ariel. What do you think? You think I'm the greatest bandwidth of all time? <laughs> I, I I hate doing the greatest thing in the midst of someone's career. Like I, I always exactly. feel like we gotta wait. But you know, maybe you had a, you're talking about evil Kermit. Uh, maybe you have a different take. I, I feel like <laughs> I, I I feel I'm a clown, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But maybe you feel otherwise. Maybe you feel like you've done it. I mean, I I certainly I just read a resume there that you know gives you a lot of juice in that argument. Yeah, I mean, I think it's up for debate, but you know, what what does Dom have in the WC plus the UFC? Would that be five or six? Mm, off the top of my head, I I don't know. I don't want to um, misquote, but I, to me, the answer to the question, I will be honest, has always been Dominic. Like for the, for the long time, because I think he put the division yep. on the map. He was the face of the division. We forget about the WC days. What he did now, obviously, he wasn't as active because of the knee injury, but his longevity, I think, is super impressive. Um, I've always yes. said Dominic is number one. Uh, would have loved to see you versus him, like in your primes, obviously. Um, but I think you're on your way now. I just wonder. I, I wonder if your plan comes to fruition, where you move up to 45. Do you do you do you hurt yourself in that argument, right? 
Um, possibly, but I think I'm still in that conversation regardless. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Know. For sure. Yeah. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a bad thing, a negative. And I think if things don't go my way, like even if I come back and I just fight at Bantamweight, I'm not fighting for a belt and uh, Marab is out there terrorizing everybody. I, I think I still add to my legacy because I'm going to still be beating high level guys because that's just how stacked and deep the Bantamweight division is. So, you know, I don't want to count my chickens before the egg hatches, you know? Yeah. Um. So we'll see. Just take it one fight at a time and see what happens after that. And then we could kind of come back here and maybe in three or four years and see what people think when it's all said and done. Stats speak, you know? This is all about the stats. It's, I fought these guys when they were pretty much at the best of their best. Like, I, I wasn't fighting guys at the tail end of their careers and things like that. So I think there's something to be said about that as well. But at the end of the day, People are going to have their own rubric and criteria for that. And it is what it is. Um, I'm just happy to ever be considered in that conversation. I think to be up there with Dom, someone who I've watched for a very long time, getting the opportunity to train with him, uh, pick his brain a little bit. Um, <clears throat> it, it's I, I'm happy, man. I'm blessed. That's, that's all I can say. I'm, I'm truly blessed. And as my Muslim friends would always say, inshallah, you know, that's right. If it's God's will, it's God's will. Uh, last thing, you made your amateur debut in May of 2009, you beat a guy named? Uh, Vincent Morales. That's right, at a New York regional event. And then you made your pro debut in April of 2011 at Universal Morristown, Combat New Championship against? Uh, Sergio De Silva, RIP. That's right. Uh, and by the way, kind of crazy you just saying that. Uh, I believe the Fighter Hotel was in Morristown. So talk about full circle, right? Uh, yeah. Where yeah. you made I your debut. I talked about that. Yeah. Crazy. Um, that guy in Morristown in 2011, would you have believed all of this? If someone said it would play out like this, Cejudo, like Olympic gold medalist, taking him down four times, the three times, like, or have you officially exceeded all your expectations in this sport? I, I think I definitely exceeded my expectations. I always believed I could be a champion. You know, I came up short in the wrestling world twice. And uh, fortunately for me, this was a different outlet for me to in my in my eyes, feeling like a loser, even though I wasn't really a loser, I was a two-time All-American, but I felt like there was just more a hunger for a burning desire to do something else. And it was to try out for the Olympics, but I, I just didn't know if that was going to pay the bills. I knew there was a very competitive ladder, especially with the D1 guys. It would have been a... I would I would have had a high hill to climb. MMA was still young at the time. I knew I could get ahead with my wrestling and my creativity. And fortunately for me, it just worked out this way, so... Um, I had a good mentor in John Jones at the time, um, even though we, him and I weren't like super close. Um, you know, if I ever reached out, it might take him a while, but he would eventually get back and give me some some like feedback if I ever saw him or things like that and kind of thing. So um, it still counts to some degree, but it, I, I had role models to kind of look at to aspire to be like or people that were from around where I was from and like Ally Quinta, Chris Weidman and things like that, like. That, that helped kind of groom me to where I am today. Yeah, what a run, man. And it continues. Congratulations. Very happy for you. One of these days, you got to come back in studio, my man. I mean, we were talking before, but it would be nice. If you're ever in the city, let us know, all right? We're not that far away. No, I'll be down. Maybe maybe even next week. We'll see. Okay. Uh, and I was I was going to say, I, I just want to give my respects to Henry Cejudo for being a great competitor as well. Um, For him and his team, like the whole thing with the antics, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's one thing if the fighters are talking shit to each other because we're going to actually fight, but when the teammates are like mean mugging and, and doing stuff and acting as if they're going to attack somebody in the team or even myself, you know, I get a little bit more defensive and on the edge because now I I, I do, with that New York vibe, 
feel just where I came from, where I come from. Like when people do stuff like that, you, you call them out on it, you check them. And it's like, yo, what are you trying to do? You know? So it wasn't more so about them getting in my head. It's more about be respectful, man. Like there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. If, if the guy wants to be a clown and be the cringe and be whatever and be the heel, let him do that. But we're not going to actually fight. Eric Albison, we're not going to freaking fight. For you to be saying shit like make him piss blood. I'm like, how about I make you piss blood? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? How about my coaches make you piss blood? We don't act like asshats and clowns. Have some damn respect for yourselves and your team and carry yourself like that. You could be winners and still do your shit and not have to be complete dickheads. You know, so that was my whole thing with that. And thankfully, I got a good response in that. And it's like... The people who always cry wolf as soon as you actually retaliate and smack them in the face for saying something smart when they're not the ones that are getting in there with you, you know, they want to now press charges and things like that. So I had to make sure that was known and uh, stick up for all the people that those guys do all that shit to because it's, it's fucking annoying. It's like it's, it's one thing that if we're going to fight, OK, cool, but we're not going to fight. Mm. You're not going to fight my teammates, but you're sitting there heckling them as if you won't. They won't smack you. You know what I mean? And if they do smack you now, what we're going to do, we're going to end up in a brawl. And that's what's going to happen. So now you're going to scrap the whole fight because your teammates are being complete douchebags. Like, there's a place and time for everything. Other than that, I think I did the universe a favor of finally shutting up Henry Cejudo. You guys can thank me later by going to my Venmo and donating to Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> wow, that is a that is incredible. <laughs> but and, and it was nice, though, to see you guys afterwards, by the way. It seemed like you were cool. I mean, despite that last statement there, uh, see, right? It seemed like there was love between you guys afterwards. Am I right? Yeah, I mean... He's a competitor. At the end yeah. of the day, like I said, I meant it. At the end of the day, I have to crush another man's dreams to achieve my own. And that's what this sport's about, you know? So it, it could be a very violent and dark place for a few minutes. But after that, and it's all said and done, we could go our separate ways. And um, I don't have an issue with the guy, like, personally. Right. And I think he's a little odd. I do find him funny. Henry, I do find him funny because some of the stuff he does is, is like, quirky and weird. But it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I guess that's what cringy means. It's, like, like fake funny. But... I don't know. People have a definition for cringe, whatever. Um, but yeah, he doesn't bother me outside of that. It's just he signed the dotted line. That was the guy I'm supposed to fight. And when you sign that, it's it's like it's you or me, man. That's that's the mentality. Did did Captain Eric say anything to you afterwards? Did he apologize? No, nah, I, I San San Santorone, Santini San I don't know Santino. I hope I didn't botch that. <laughs> him and Eddie, I yeah, I kind of I think I seen him on the way out, and I kind of gave him a headline like congratulations kind of thing, and they said. What the same thing kind of thing, and that was it. Okay. I like San Santini. He's like one of the cooler heads out of them. And Santino and DeFranco, Chow. DeFranco, him yeah. and Eddie Chow. Eddie Chow yeah, Eric is cool too, but he's th this whole buildup. He was kind of a douche, and um, keep that same energy, man. <laughs> well, you got the last laugh with that D three wrestling four takedowns. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I just got paid on Venmo. Yo, no way. <laughs> You're yeah, they give me two dollars. Yeah, I'll take it. Hey, not bad. I'll just buy my beer. Thank you guys. So what I, is no, it? Seriously, I'm gonna buy a beer with that. Aljamain Sterling? Is that it? Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, that's it. I guess this is the way to, that we could get paid if we're not gonna get paid for you, right? <laughs> that's so, right. That's right. But you got pay per view for this, no? No, no. I'm just okay. saying, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. would be a good way. That's actually a cool way to actually give like a like if we don't get the fight of the night bonus. Yeah. Maybe like fifty cents, like, kind of like a, a buying like yo a great fight. You get that couple thousand people who give you fifty cent or a dollar. That's that goes a pretty long way, man. If you enjoyed the fight, if you made money off this man, uh, send him a dollar or two, right? I mean, oh, I like that. Right? If you I, made money off me, send me that money, man. That's right. I'll just on Venmo or Funk Master Corp on Cash App. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Aljo. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Congrats. Peace. There he is, Aljamain Sterling accepting uh, Venmo or Cash App. 
the Parlay Boys won as a result of uh, Mr. Sterling, courtesy of New York Rick, going out on a limb. Uh, so let's get to that, shall we? How did we do, guys? How did we do? No one talking about our big comeback. <laughs> of course they aren't. Of course they aren't. What did he say his Venmo was? Uh, Funk did Master Corp? No, Funk Al- Master Al- Corp. No, that's on Cash App. I'm using. Oh, his Venmo. Yeah. Sorry, it was Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm about to send him something real I quick. Just did. You, know. you did? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, Frankie. That's amazing. Uh, he, he won the uh, the Parlay Pals. Hey, boys. listen, parlay listen, boys, Parlay boys, guys. There's eleven thousand people watching this live right now. If every single person sends him a dollar, uh-huh. he'll have eleven thousand um, dollars. The only thing is, Venmo isn't uh, international. Uh, mm. So let's say 50% are watching in America right now. Would you say that's fair? I don't even know if we can get the answer to this question, but it's usually 50%. 50% of the people, around 6,000 or so people, send him Venmo. That would be, be honest. I mean, send Done. it to me. That'd be pretty sweet. I'll take it. That'd be a nice gesture. Um, by the way, could we go very quickly back to that Yan Chao Nan clip real fast? I just wanted to go <laughs> real fast to it. The one of oh, uh, the GC. The watch party? Yeah, yeah. Could we go very fast sure. to that? Do we have that yeah. clip? Yeah, we can do oh, that. Nice oh, nice kick. We don't think that was called too soon. Frank, yeah, bad stoppage from Frank. What is going? You know how many times I had to rewatch that to understand? Because at first I thought another clip was playing on my phone at the same time. I was like, "What is this like murmuring going on?" And like, you guys are going crazy. And then I hear it's Frank. Well, how I figured it out was when I came in today. He's like. You don't think that play was top two? I was like, what are you talking about? No one said that about the Andrade. On the watch party, that's what he said. He was just like, I don't know. That felt like that was an early stoppage. I was like, <laughs> her getting blasted off of her feet and then hammer-fisted, <laughs> thrown down on her. Like I was like, eh, come on. We also, we had Rob Font on later, played a similar clip of us reacting to Rob Font as well. And... Frank bet against Rob Font, and you can hear him in the clip, and Frank's like, I'm going crazy, and Frank's like, all right, everybody calm down. It's not that great. So, I mean, he just—he really shows himself in these clips. Wow. Frankie. Frank, I think you're the only one who has that take coming so, out that So, first play. of all, I wasn't the only one. Really? There were three of us in the control room who were questioning it, and then I humbly said, hey, look, us as filthy casuals, we would like to have a breakdown of this apparent knockout. And then everyone heard what we had to say and then just laughed at us. And I'm like, this is exactly why people have a hard time getting into the sport because we're just laughed in our faces oh, stop when we it. have questions. I, it's I a, love how you say apparent knockout like it's not a, an objective fact. I mean, just, she got, just show she us, got us put the Jessica Andrade slip. Just show us the Jessica Andrade Only seen so many knockouts so in my life. Apparent, <laughs> apparent knockout. More investigation needed. D- By the way, her. at this point, Frank, you've seen a lot of fighting. I'm sorry but to say. But not a lot yeah. of knockouts. I'm sorry <laughs> to say. Uh, someone, uh, Tanner James, just sent me $10. Beer on me for the parlay boys. Uh, MMA hour by day, train by night. I'm going to just forward that to Aljo. He just sent you money? Yeah. I think that's that's the right thing to do. We're the ones putting that part no, no, out no. there. I, I'm forwarding it to Aljo. Another another 10 going to Aljo here. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I want my 250, but maybe we'll settle later. Uh, by the way, yes. um, during the show, Marab Devalishvili on Twitter. Oh, uh, let's go. I will take care of another one of Funkmaster's leftovers. So, Okay, he seems he into it. He wants to fight. All right. Um, and hopefully on... Uh, Wednesday we'll be joined by Marab Ooh, a little Dewali Shvili. Right there. Yeah. Um, all right. How do we do? How do we do? I mean, let's 
Let's go to the aforementioned parlay, boys. It it looks good in the hood over here. That's all green to me. Uh, plus two forty four, encroaching on that uh, on that profit right down there in the corner. Almost there. Oh yeah, almost there. Looks good. Looks good to me. Uh, let's go to you know the other bets. A lot of green there too, if I do say so myself. Uh, seven and three on the singles. Go to the parlays. We go obviously the parlay pals. I got it at a different line, but still, still cashes. And now we have a parlay carrying over to this week. Chaos Williams winning that split decision carries over this week. Parlayed up with Jilton Almeida, and it was a good week. It, it feels oh, good. Yeah. I saw you. Oh. I saw you puffing the chest out a little bit last had night. Had to a little bit. Had to a little bit. I mean, we 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 all know we've been having a rough 2023. Nice to get a a very big win. I'd ha- I'll have to go back through the archives. I think this is the biggest week to date in in since we started doing this on the show. Over eight units. I I hate I hate to interrupt Frank, but we do have some breaking news. Oh, please. In one of the most important soccer games of all time. Oh, no. Nottingham Forest. I, I saw it started. Up 1-0. Just scored. <laughs> Just scored! Things are looking up over here, baby. Let's go! Careful with those headphones. Sorry, sorry. You don't have a I mean, it's relegation, Rick. It's fucking relegation. Do you understand what relegation is? Southampton at home at the world-famous City Grown. Forest are magic all on the pitch. Forest are magic all on the pitch. My, my biggest question is, do you have the stream up right now? You're watching a lot. I was literally trying to figure it out as you... This is my one chance to breathe. We've gone six interviews back-to-back. Based on the network traffic that we're seeing back here. Yeah, he's definitely streaming it. What? <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't get it because it's not on Peacock. But uh, they, ju- I just saw on my on my uh, Twitter that it just went in, and my friend PT Carroll just texted me that they scored. I was like, "Oh my god, they scored!" I'll tell you right now. So if this it means is, if they if they win, they're they're not no, relegated. Not, there's they four lose. left. There's four not left. Lock, but but we feel much better if they get a win here. Got it. Much got better. It, got it. And it, we're playing. Listen, we're playing the bottom of the league. This is essentially a must win. I see. But there's four okay. left. One of them is against Arsenal, who's at the very, very top with Man City. Another one is against uh, Chelsea, who's in a free-for-all, but they're still Chelsea. And then we have Crystal Palace last game of the season. Um, so this is the one you really need to This bank, is the one. Basically. You have to. And yeah, and, yeah, and, they, and they screwed it up last week, giving up those points. This is how invested I am right now. If the sporting gods give me four staying up, I'll take Nick's losing in five. And I would never oh. say that. I would never say that. I know. No, you, as long as you, I do, you that's wild. Just said it. Yeah. I mean, you also have to, you know, thank Jimmy Butler's, you know, listen, fire right now. It doesn't matter to me. What 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 this team has given me with my kids, like the bonding. They don't like the Knicks like I like the Knicks. Mm. But my son Walter loves Forrest like I love Forrest, and so we talk about it all the time. We talk. He got a Brandon Johnson rookie card over the weekend. All that. I don't want to lose that. Now, and that's the beauty of relegation. You could lose that. Which okay, is great, so, but I don't. Oh, want, I want another season. Give me one more. That's how much I love it. I one was just more. about to ask this because I don't know the answer. Is relegation like that bad? Like you don't yeah. want them to play. I don't want them to play lower level teams, but also it's like harder to watch the games. You Got know it. what I mean? There's They're not as not, much coverage. It's not of as it. big. You're not playing Arsenal. You're not playing Manta. It's not. You know. It's not quite G League. But it's not, you know, it's it's an ESPN yeah. plus. I think they think they air like a few of this. So it really it's is triple like avoid it's triple all costs. Yes, it's, it's like you can't. You're not part of this. You're not a part of that. You don't Got feel it. like you're in the mix. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're you're not in the main league. It's like missing the March Madness 
like yes. cool yes. Yes, it's, it's, it's like exactly NIT. NIT. Yes. It's exactly it's NIT. Got it, got it, got yes. it. All right, yeah. well, this good is luck big. to you, boys. But we could have some fun. We could have some fun, you know, if they go yes. down. Listen, uh, people keep saying I'm going to drop good. off if they if they no, no, uh, get rid of That's me. I'm no, I will not drop off. I'm planning for life. I'm a bandwagon. I'm a plastic Connor's out. I am not out, but... But if they win, then I'm a fan for life. They'll cash the not to get relegated ticket. It'll We'll be feeling really good. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm still trying to figure it out. But anyway, please continue. Uh, all right, yeah, just a, just a little bragging on my part. You know, we're still down for the year, but making headway 1-3 the last four weeks. We'll probably be incredibly overexposed on Jailton Almeida this week, but, uh, you know, that's just what we do when Mahadinho gets in the octagon. Um, and then let's do some big hitters real quick. And by the way, uh, as you, you can play this, yeah. I like to talk about this. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill getting moved off this weekend's card. For yeah, how about that? You were worried about that, right? You were worried who would concerned. headline uh, May 20th. <laughs> I was pretty concerned about that May 20th card. and uh, It's not a bad Apex All prayers event. answered. All prayers answered. Uh, by the way, can I get a shout-out for my... I thought I had a good meme when you tweeted the thing no, last night. it's a fantastic meme, but... Uh, uh, you I know how long it. it took me to find that? I hope it took a long time, yeah. Frank, breaking news! Oh my gosh, 2 They just scored again! Who is it? Brennan? Who is it? What's going on? Oh, penalty? No, they're, they're replaying it. I'm sorry, this is horrible. They just scored again! For the magic on a 2 nil, guys! 2 nil. let's go. 2 nil. Oh, you know yourself. You know yourself they're on fire, huh? If you just go like this. Oh, wow. Wow. Doubles. <laughs> bro. Bro, if you just go like, oh, my God. That a is huge. Both yes. Both. I think he got both. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Incredible. Cooper. Um, okay, please continue. Please continue. I don't even know what it's time about. Oh, yeah, the meme. I, the meme was great. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The meme was fantastic. People are giving you credit. They're saying your meme game is getting stepped up, man. Thank you. All thanks to you. No, no, no. That was, that was brilliant work by you. Uh, all right. We start. Hot Sauce Day, Hot Sauce Dustin, plus 24,050. He goes for Vola by KO, Yanjiao Nan by KO, which is just crazy because she had no finishes in the UFC, Bilal Muhammad by points. Uh, fantastic bet there. Next up, two clean, AC Dub 15, Parker Porter to win by KO in rounds one or two, Kennedy and Zichekwu to win by sub in rounds two or three. That's plus 3,100. Parlayed with plus 300. That pays out at plus 12,700. That's $12 into 1,600 for Adam there. Incredible bet. Now, this is a this is a bet kind of off the beaten path. There's a little bit of MMA, but it's just so ridiculous. I had to feature it. Parlay, plus 74,432. He starts it off with Islam Makashev. Then he goes, Lori Markinen, most improved player of the year. Jaron Jackson Jr., Depoy, Joel Embiid, MVP. Paolo Bancaro, Rookie of the Year, turns five dollars into thirty-seven hundred. Uh, don't know who's parlaying NBA season-long awards, but Germes this is. So shout out to him. Same bet there. Couple more here. Zach MD. Not only is a do- is he a doctor, he is a fantastic better. He does a parlay. Bilal by points. Aljo by points. Seventy-five into nine hundred. And then he hits Kennedy by sub in round two twice, turns $75 into $3,700. do not know what would make you take that bet so confidently that you had to take it twice, 
but it was an incredible call, right on the money. Uh, a couple of just like big money hitters. I mean, just letting it out there. Man of the Library throws 21,000 on the main event over four and a half. DeGen Aiden throws 10,000 on our guy, Steamroller Matt Frivola. Just a crazy bet. A couple more that just let it all hang out. Big Steve MMA goes over $2,000 on Virna Janjaroba. Lucrative MMA goes $4,000 on Virna Janjaroba and Yan Zhaonan. And then last but not least, D. Kraus. 1000 on Yan. Cash that. Kennedy by sub. $258 on that. Cashes is out. Over four grand. So shout out to the big hitters. I mean, there was a lot. It was tough to choose, man. People were making a lot of money on 288. So congratulations to these people. Frank, breaking news. Tell me. This one sounds more downtrodden. 2 1. Oh, high scoring game over there. Uh, the city ground. We still we're still up. Twenty five minutes. I said we like I'm No, you're all in. I mean it was just back it was like the slow death watching this unfold. No, nah, no, nah, you're uh, good. now I'm nervous. Have we um how are you gonna, the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, how do we do? Yeah. Uh we had what, Angel of Empire? Oh, did we? I did not win. Fred, did why you, are you so mad, man? I'm not mad. Yeah, why do you sound like so you, like, like you casually were just like, yeah, maybe like we could sort of do major. Why does it sound like you sure. feel like you were wrong? Me saying why does it feel like man, ma- I could maybe be down for mage? I don't know. And then mage wins, and he's just like, I told you guys, it was a lock. It was a I'm lock. Like, the entire I'm like, time. oh, did you did you bet it, Frank? He's like, nope. I was like, did you bet on the horse? I was we riding chose? with he's you like, guys. Nope. You didn't bet that one either, Frank. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You would have never bet mage in the first place. Get out of here. I was the only one that bet Age of Empire, and well, we lost. I actually didn't even watch it. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. There's too much going on. Couldn't be bothered, as they say. Um, <laughs> by the way, how was, was your? You went. You got a sandwich. Oh man, it was fantastic. <laughs> We're not allowed yeah. to talk about it anymore. Oh, yeah, why was, not? Wait, what? We can't talk about Wawa. Or... No, no, no. Wawa. It's not Wawa. God, you're the only one that keeps See, talking about Wawa. That's why we can't talk Frank. about Wawa. Jeez. What is happening? Everything with the Wawa? okay, Frank? Jeez. We got into it earlier in the show. I'm not going to lie about the whole Wawa. Backstage? Yeah. Control room? Oh, yeah. Frank, I mean, Rick laid down the law and said no more Wawa talk. Frank has this Frank weird bringing up Wawa obsession that... Fifth sentence. It makes no sense. Wawa was, was going to go exclusive. there yesterday. Why are you so anti-Wawa, Rick? Yeah. I'm not anti-Wawa. I'm anti-hearing about Wawa. Why are you wow. talking about Wawa every five seconds? I was asking about the meatball sub situation. Yeah. Is and then Rick somehow kind of Wawa comes in. His frame I'm today? anti this. Yes. No more talking about Wawa for no reason. It feels like Rick's small in the frame today. Yeah. Anyway, how was the meatball sub? Oh, my gosh. So if you watch the UFC weigh-in show, they featured this restaurant, Pizza More, on... Uh, on the way and show, DC and, and Weidman tried it. And, uh, yeah, they were just like, oh, it's, these are the best meatballs we've ever had. We're meatball bowl winners back-to-back 2022 and 2023. Here's the address. I look up the address. It's like 15 minutes away. I go, and, I, you know, it was unbelievable. If you saw the pictures, I mean, uh, cheesy, great. tender meatballs, homemade bread, very authentic New Jersey. It was like a family-owned. Love it. Um, yeah, couldn't recommend it more. Pizza More. It was uh, it was fantastic. They had the the weigh in show feature on loop in the corner, <laughs> oh, and I like brilliant. told them I was like, I'm not gonna lie, this is why we're here, and they're just like, oh no way, that's incredible, and like, uh, yeah, we sat and talked to them for a while. They made us take a picture with the meatball bowl trophy, uh, and it was great. I mean, a, a beautiful experience. Have you thought about Vancouver yet? Are we going? What are we going? Oh. Poutine or what? Yeah, we got plans. Yeah. Well, you know Poutine's what's big in Vancouver. Happen. When I was there for the 2010 Winter Olympics. 
Um, Gooey duck. What's up? Is it gooey duck? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Jappa dog. The Jappa dog was the huge sensation. Is the that what Jappa you're Jappa dog? Oh no, my god! I can see your face just lighting up. Uh. Oh, <laughs> type in Ariel Hawani Jappa dog on uh, YouTube. I did a whole thing. Um, it's a it restaurant. Japanese Jappa dog. hot dog. Yeah, incredible. With like, with like, um, spicy mayo, seaweed. The lines for this thing were gigantic when I was there. So if you can find a Jappa dog, I feel like that would be oh. very. Oh my God! What? 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 There was one here in New York, and it just recently closed. Ah, oh, that'd have been great. Oh, you're kidding me! Well, you know yourself. I mean, we might have to make a trek for this, bro. What does he say, bro? Did anyone show Andy the uh, Bad Bunny walkout yet? She uh, watched no. it on her own. Thoughts, Andy? He's lying. I haven't seen it. Oh, yet. yeah, we we got busy. All right, Frank, you're in timeout, Frank. I mean, this has <laughs> yeah. just been an incredible five minutes. Have reason. we watched the Connor clip yet? It wasn't a pressing oh, matter. Can we watch the Connor can clip we, before we, we go? We have to. I mean, it's just. Oh no. All right, here we go. Coach Mike Daddy in the place. Congrats, <laughs> Funk Master. Great fight. I, I knew we were going to win that, my man. Easiest movie I've ever made. I already went shopping in advance. Had everything Gucci'd out. <laughs> You know yourself, fresh you know gear. yourself. But uh, come here, let me just let me just put this down. Let me show you what's what, right? Coach Mac Daddy in the place. So yeah, <laughs> okay, Henry, this one's for you, my man. Right? Some of the things. Oh my God, you blew my. F- I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Right? So you were here like this, right? And you were doing this, and I was like, you were doing this little thing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I've never seen that. Like, this guy is a fucking genius, yeah. So you were doing this really well, yeah. If you'd have just done it this way, <laughs> man, you'd have fucking clean shop, bro. You'd have fucking took it, you'd have took him to the cleaners, my man. But anyway, you know yourself, coach Mike Daddy, I don't charge you a fee because I'm already set, yeah? You don't charge a fee because I'm already set. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the line. That also, is, the nah, I mean, the, the line is definitely the if you had just done it like this. Well, of the, course, the but I just like that he, I mean, it's a great line. Also, did you notice the two you know yourselves? That's, I've been yeah. saying that. No. no. You didn't notice it? All right. Uh, is that who you got it from? Yes. Oh. But it is a very Irish thing to say. Um, you know yourself, huh? You know yourself. Uh, gentlemen, I have to go to the airport now, which, you know, yeah, if I'm being honest, not a huge fan of the post uh, show airport run. Uh, but these are the things that we have to do. 24 hours in Dallas, and uh, then I'll be back on Wednesday like nothing ever happened, God willing. Allah uh, Akbar. Um, I mean, what, what, what? That's what you say. Yeah. Like, you know. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah. That's what my family says. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll be back here to do the damn thing. Oh, wow, we're Wait. just going to the music? Okay. I mean, it felt like you were kind of walking off there. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I didn't even know if you were going to queue for it. No, I appreciate it, Frank. How are you so feeling? Apparently, Gooey Duck is bigger in British Columbia than it is in Vancouver. Well, Vancouver is in British Columbia. So, you, you haven't heard about? of this Gooey Duck before? No, tell us. It looks like a snail-looking thing. I know a lot of people eat it in Seattle, like right outside the Victoria Island. They do? Apparently, I, I'm, I was hoping you would validate this and be like, "Oh yeah, gooey duck, it's my favorite." No, d- it's duck. It's actual duck. No, oh, I just call it that. It's spelled like geo duck. What is it? Like some sea animal. Ugh, gross. I have an update. Ten what? best local dishes from Vancouver. Number one, Jappa dog. Wow. Yes, I'm telling you, it was huge. And and when I was there in 2010, it was just a food cart. And then it evolved. And then when I was there for one of the later UFCs, it became a restaurant. I was like, wow, look at these guys. The glow up is real. I want one. 
You gotta try to get it. Is there, there none on the East Coast? I don't know. There was one in New York. It's closed. We'll, we'll see. I can't believe it was in New York. I didn't know about that. Oh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm shocked that no one's ever uh, copied it. The seaweed, the, the, the spicy mayo, all that stuff. We should make a Squarespace MMA our favorite restaurant. Oh, next yeah. The GC, get on that, all right? Yeah, GC, just do it. Uh, thank you very much to all our guests, Sean O'Malley, Dominic Cruz, Demetrius Johnson, Yan Xiaonan, Matt Frivola, and the great Al Jermaine Sterling. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say go Forest. Peace. I'm out of here.